Blog Talk Radio.
So who's going to land the job? What is the timeline? What does the hiring of Corn Ferry mean for the prospects of fan favorite Butch Davis? Or for that matter, former Kane and much-talked-about candidate Mario Cristobal? As we sit here tonight embarking on a new edition of Kane Sport Live, it certainly looks like a wide-open landscape and that this is a search that will extend past Thanksgiving Day and into the month of December. But keep one thing in mind as the drama continues to unfold. The search firm, Corn Ferry, placed Charlie Strong at Texas. And as we have reported for several weeks, Strong is without question a candidate for this Miami job. Strong and Texas know they're not a great fit for each other. So don't be shocked if Strong emerges from this fray with this job at Miami, where he has extensive relationships with the high school community and a staff that could transition very quickly into Coral Gables. I said last week that right now that I think Charlie Strong is in the catbird seat to land this job. The losses that have been coming at Texas are hurting his candidacy, no question. But until somebody else emerges, what the university considers a splash hire, I think you must keep Charlie Strong's name at the forefront of your mind. But yes, new candidates could emerge. There's speculation at LSU even that Les Miles could be asked to leave. Would Miles become a candidate at Miami at age 62, just two years shy of the age 64 that makes so many people wonder about Butch Davis? Will candidates like Chuck Pagano or Chip Kelly emerge from the National Football League? There are so many questions still left to be answered, and apparently still a lot of time to potentially answer them. In the meantime, the Miami Hurricanes are a reeling football team as they try to rid themselves from the stench of Saturday's blowout loss to South Carolina. I asked interim coach Larry Scott today to try to explain how the Hurricanes, for example, could outgain North Carolina in the first half of Saturday's game, yet go into intermission down 31 to nothing. And why this team absolutely continues to fall apart against most good teams that it faces. Larry Scott. The other day you're sitting there, you look at the stat sheet at halftime, you've got more yards than North Carolina, you're losing 31-0. Yeah. So, you know, obviously there's other things at play yeah. with this team. They're, they're caving in. To adversity and, and things like that, you know, there's, there's a lot of those types of things. For, from your perspective, after having a chance to review it, um, and you can look back even to the Clemson game uh, where it was a little bit similar, uh, a little more pronounced. But um, why is this team just totally falling apart when it's playing good teams? You know, I, I don't. I, I see. I see. I see it a little bit differently. I see it as, as though we we make some critical. Um, errors in areas that we shouldn't in, in those games against really good football teams and when you make those critical errors it's just like 
you, when you watch two good football teams play on Sunday, if one team makes a critical error in a critical situation and then makes another critical error against a good football team, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can sometimes uh, against teams that may not be a little more as good as you know you are. Those things you can recover from those. But against really a really good football team like them at eight and one, um, that had only had one defeat and they were playing pretty good and, and, and kind of rocking on all cylinders. If you snap the ball high over the quarterback's head and, and the ball's on the ground and you give him a short field, you're probably going to pay for that mistake. If you miss a field goal to put points on the board, you're probably going to pay for that mistake. If you give up a punt return in the first half, you're probably going to pay for that mistake. So I don't think it's a, it's a mechanism of, of caving or giving in. It's understanding that those critical errors can't be made against really good football teams in those type of games. And I think that's a, that's a point and another building block to what I'm talking about as, as, as people and understanding the details of, of making sure that we continue to develop and handle adversity and, and, and put ourselves in, in those situations to understand that those critical errors that we sometimes in practice or what have you uh, kind of say, oh, I'll get it right on game day. It doesn't happen unless you get it right Tuesday. It doesn't happen unless you get it right Wednesday and that you get it right Thursday. And that's the attention to details and, and the continued building of, of, uh, of our team and, and of our psyche and of our development as people and, and uh, that I'm talking about. And so, it, it's, it, of course, everybody knows that that's a process, but you have to, it has to be a consistent process, one that you're making them and forcing them to abide by, do by, live by, and hold it held accountable to every day. So among the problems that Miami has had for the entire season has been stopping the option play. In fact, it's hard to remember that play even being stopped once. So now the Hurricanes are playing a Georgia Tech team that's going to throw the option at them on almost every down. The fear of many is that the Hurricanes will be blown out on Senior Day on Saturday purely because the defense will not be able to stop Tech at all. I asked Scott about that today also, and if you plan on attending or watching Saturday, you might be a little bit encouraged by his response. Oh, Larry, obviously, you know, Georgia Tech, all the focus is on stopping the option. Yes, and uh, I kind of asked you a little bit about this the other day, but it's such an obviously topical issue mm-hmm. with Georgia Tech. And yep. I don't know that I've ever seen a defense struggle more against the option mm-hmm. as these guys this year. Mm-hmm. Everyone's thrown it at them every week. Mm-hmm. They haven't come close to stopping it. Mm-hmm. The guys aren't even in the in the same zip code. They're running for easy touchdowns. Now you're going to see it every single play yeah. this week. Um, how much are you involved in that? What can be done? What's been wrong? Yeah. And how can it all change by Saturday? Well, the, the option is such a uh, it's such a assignment alignment and assignment deal it's it's you you know you get certain looks uh, to option and when you don't, if you're not aware or know that the option is coming and you're not prepared for that you can easily by formation and by then be out of alignment and be out of the situation to to play the play the proper way however with that being said when you know that the option is coming and you know that that's what you're getting then it's alignment and it's assignment football there's not four verticals that you have to cover as well there's not the, the, all the past concepts with the post wheels and the digs and quarterback runs and all that stuff that you have to defend as well. So when you can center and focal their focus on just playing the option, assignment, alignment, and details, and what do I have to do to fit the option, it changes the whole dynamic of the install, it changes the whole dynamic of the game plan, it changes the whole dynamic of the singular focus that the guys will have on, on defending the option. 
and because that's what you're going to defend with Georgia Tech is the option um, where you sometimes defenses get caught in and, and, and you see it happen all over the country when you're not prepared for the speed option when somebody has the capability with their quarterback at any point in time to do that to you and you're having to defend the other 15, 16 other things that they're capable of doing in the offense. It makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, and so when you when you change that focus back to just that this team being an option team, you make you keep the uh, the focus on the focus on what it needs to be. And I think you'll you'll see different results. So Miami, Georgia Tech, and the option, the coaching search. We will talk about all of that and more tonight on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest three hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have more than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate If you're driving around and need to use the phone lines to listen to the show, shouldn't be a problem there as well. Just remember, if you want to come on the show and participate, you must hit the number one on your keypad, and that will give us a prompt and let us know that you would like to be on the show. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit their questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. What does Miami offer to lure these coaches that are on the, quote, list away from their current schools to take on a project like Miami for comparable money? Take a Gary Patterson, for example. Would the road to the playoffs be easier at Miami than it is now at TCU? And would that be enough if the money was equal? The best way I could address that question would be every coach has to decide within themselves what their personal goals and mission are and and what they're trying to accomplish in their career. And you take a guy, and we'll use Gary Patterson as an example since that was who was brought up. I mean, he's been at TCU, I think, for something like 18 years. I'd have to look it up, but something along those lines. And the question for a guy like that is how much of a burning desire does he have to win the national title? And if he does have a burning desire to win the national title, where are those chances greater? Are they greater at TCU, where you play hardly anybody and, and you know, you're not really very high profile in college football? Or would they be better at the University of Miami, where if you could replicate and even enhance the success that you've had at TCU, you have a chance to win the ACC and be in the playoffs and be in that national title mix every single season? So if Gary Patterson gets approached by Corn Ferry, that's what he's going to have to reconcile. And nobody can really answer that question but Gary Patterson. And I do think he's going to be approached by Corn Ferry because Miami is looking to make a splash hire right now. They're looking for a big name. They're willing to spend the money. And nobody in this country that's involved in coaching spends money better than Corn Ferry, which put Jim Harbaugh at Michigan for $8 million a year, which put Charlie Strong at Texas for, in all honesty, an absurd $5 million a year. These guys, they know how to go get the high-profile coaches. They know how to spend university money. And I can assure you that there's going to be a lot of big names that Corn Ferry goes out and reaches out to on behalf of the University of Miami because that's what they're being paid for, and they're being paid handsomely uh, for it. So um, at the end of the day, a guy like that, 
it's going to depend just what he's looking for from his career. What is the deal with the committee? The members have been finalized as of yesterday, and a lot of people thought that interviews would have begun by now, but they clearly have not. Um, what's been the major, you know, I, I mean, the words being used here is malfunction along the way. Why has it taken so long to get this committee together? And why haven't they begun interviews? And how much are they really going to be part of the process going forward? Um, the committee has been coming together for a couple of weeks and uh, really has been largely intact with the exception that yesterday, Stuart Miller, the chairman of the board of trustees, took himself off it. Uh, he, from what I've been told, he felt that he could manage this whole process without being on the committee uh, from behind the scenes, didn't need to be on the forefront, didn't need people calling him every five seconds wanting to know who the coach is going to be. Uh, but Stuart Miller will be very much involved as this process goes along. Instead of himself, he placed Hillary Bass on the committee, a Miami alum, a member of the Board of Trustees, an attorney at greenberg Traurig, you know, one of the, the more esteemed law firms in South Florida for sure. And Hillary Bass's purpose on this committee, I think, is to help in a couple ways. She's an extremely bright lady, probably the smartest person on the committee, to be honest, and has extensive experience as an interviewer and obviously is a lawyer, so she's got a legal background. And I think the feeling is that Hillary Bass can provide a lot of support um, both in the interview process and just in, in, in terms of looking at contracts and things like that. And that's why she's a valuable part of the committee. Uh, Steve Science is also a trustee who happens to be the brother-in-law of Stuart Miller and probably is Stuart Miller's guy on the committee, so to speak. And uh, he's a big UN basketball fan. You see him at the Canes basketball games a lot. Uh, I'm not sure how in tune he really is to football. Um, but he's on the committee, along with David Epstein, who's a sports guy, part owner of the Panthers. Uh, personally, I, I think there's other guys on the, on the board of trustees with a little bit more experience in coaching searches, like Paul Damari, that maybe could have been chosen and, and, and made a, a little bit of a larger contribution. But that's who the university chose to be on the committee. And then they put Deputy Director of Athletics Jennifer Strawley on the committee because her responsibility in the athletic department is the football program or one of her responsibilities. Um, she's also a, a lady who has aspirations of being an athletic director, and I imagine Blake James saw this as a good experience and exercise for her to be part of um, in pursuit of, of those goals down the road. And then for some unknown reason, which I can't explain either. They chose Vinny Testaverde to be on the committee, and Vinny hasn't really been around the program very much in the last you know, 20 years or so. Um, not really sure how it evolved that he ended up on the committee. He certainly has never really been involved in hiring coaches or anything along those lines. Um, so the, you know, that's a question I get from a lot of people. Why is Vinny Testaverde on this committee? And I certainly can't answer that. And then you got Jonathan Vilma, who was chosen to be on the committee by a group of former players who have been having conference calls with each other and in-person meetings. And um, last Tuesday night, as we were doing Kane Sport Live, uh, they had a meeting and, and, and they chose Jonathan Vilma to be their representative uh, on the search committee. And, and Blake James agreed to allow them to have a seat at the table. Uh, so that's how 
the committee came together. Uh, why did they wait so long? can't really answer that question. I, I can tell you this. There is not a great sense of urgency on this search to get it done quickly. Um, I think that there – with all the respect to all the Butch Davis speculation, I, I think that there's been a commitment to do a thorough search. Um, as I've said from day one, I think doing a, a thorough search means exploring candidates from all landscapes, who many of which are coaching right now and not available to the University of Miami at the moment. So – I think there always was the intention of taking this search past Thanksgiving and into the month of December. So there wasn't any great need to finalize the committee until now when they'll start getting a little bit more into the nitty-gritty. They'll start having interviews and, and different meetings and things like that. So I think that's why you're seeing the timeline uh, that you are when it comes to this. And in terms of um, the timeline, the, the next question I'm being asked is will this hire be announced December 6th? And, you know, I, I think that's a ballpark. You know, when you look at the calendar, uh, I, I think that there are some coaches out there that, you know, one of them, Charlie Strong, who, who's going to be in the mix here, who don't finish until December 5th. So I could see interviews continuing to take place on the 6th, maybe a decision being made on, on the 7th or 8th or somewhere in there, and the new coach being named who would have four or five days to go out and finish recruiting with a primary focus on the early entries. Okay, there, there are there's a group of kids uh, that are that, that have been scheduled to come in, and they're some of the most important recruits in this class. Quarterback Jack Allison is one of them. He's scheduled to come in in January. Zach McLeod, the linebacker from the Palm Beach area, who decommitted in the last week. He is, was scheduled to be an early entry, and so was other linebackers, Mike Pinckney and Shaq Quarterman. I think it's going to be very important that a new coach get to them in early December and try to solidify those commitments because they are all very good players who are important parts of uh, this recruiting class. But if, if they do hire a coach around the 7th or 8th or 9th, somewhere in there, you know, I think that's okay. That coach still would have time to shore up those early entries, make contact with all the other existing recruits that he's interested in, and then spend the rest of the month of December evaluating the landscape and evaluating the other recruits that Miami has um, sent offers out to that are on the, the recruiting commitment list. Make sure you want all those kids. Decide who else you might want to offer, and be ready to just hit the ground running the second week of January uh, when the dead period ends. And you, you 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 have time for three massive recruiting weekends in the month of January. So what I would say is, guys, you know, and I know a lot of you are panicking a little bit about this timeline and panicking about recruiting. I, I would tell you, you know, relax. You know, I, I think from a timeline standpoint, it's it's going to be okay. Uh, there might be a kid or two who's impatient that you might lose, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, it it, it should be fine. And whoever the new coach is. Uh, should be able to come in and, and deal with what he has to deal with to shore up the recruiting class. Now, the one asterisk I'll put on all that is if they decide to go into the National Football League for their coach, those guys are going to be coaching till early January, um, which would, would then mean that the early entry kids would have to take a leap of faith. But at the same time, I think the administration could give them some direction and say, hey, you know, we're going to get a great coach. 
we we're just you know we got to wait on a few guys who might be in the NFL or something like that. So it's going to be a few weeks. Um, but and then they can hope that those kids still jump on board. But that's very speculative right now. I think the first order of business is let's see um, if they're able to fill their primary mission. I think which is to get a coach from the college ranks who's a splash hire and big name. And I think we got to just you know see how that evolves here in the next couple of weeks before we overreact too much to anything else. We're asked, was it a mistake to hire Corn Ferry? And I would say no, it was not a mistake to hire Corn Ferry because the University of Miami is looking to step into the big leagues with this hire. Uh, you know, people have talked for decades that the university's cheap, that they don't pay coaches, that they're looking to do everything on a budget. Now, they might almost be going in the opposite direction. You know, I wonder if there's such a commitment to spend money and to get this splash higher that might they overlook a better candidate who's right in front of them, like a Butch Davis, or, or like maybe a Mario Cristobal, or a Rob Chudzinski, or, you know, you know, I've thrown out the possibility, why doesn't somebody get Butch Davis and Mario Cristobal together in a room and come back with them as a, as a united team? You know, to, to, to me, that makes a ton of sense if they could ever do it, if they could ever find common ground to work together and present the University of Miami with a 10-year plan, with Butch as the head coach for years one through five, with Mario taking over at that point, with Butch committed to an unquestioned retirement at age 69, 70. You know, why, why, why couldn't that happen? But it looks to me like the university wants to go outside, like they want to make a big splash, they want to spend money, they want to show the South Florida community and the Canes Nation that they are serious about getting this program straightened out. And that's why you hire Corn Ferry, who's one of the best in the business. So I would say no, it was not a mistake to hire Corn Ferry when you consider that the agenda at which this coaching search is embarking under. All right, so Miami's willing to spend a projected $4 million or so on a head coach. What about paying assistance? From everything I've heard, they're committed to paying uh, top-shelf assistant coaching salaries as well. And one thing I heard this week was they're really only about four or $500,000 short right now of being top 10 in the country in coaching salaries for the entire staff as a whole. And I think there will be a commitment to bridge that gap and that you'll see the University of Miami go into next season as one of the top 10 schools in the country in terms of the budget for their entire staff. Is there anything going on with bowl possibilities? Man, does anybody – I didn't realize anybody still cared right now about bowl games or, or might be planning to attend, but uh, the answer to that is no. I, I think it will be dependent on what the University of Miami does here in the last uh, two weeks of the season and how many wins they have. If, if they can get to eight wins, I think they have a chance to go to one of the, the decent mid-level bowls in the ACC. If they lose another game, I, I think they're going to be relegated to – one of the lower level bowls, you know, the military bowl, if they get lucky, maybe the pinstripe bowl or, or, you know, one of those bowl games that picks a little later in the process. But, you know, if they win eight, you might see them in Charlotte. You might see them in Nashville. You might see them um, in um, even in Jacksonville would, would also be a possibility uh, if that game chooses a team from the ACC. Are they going to lose several more recruits in the next few weeks? 
Um, I would say probably not. You know, I, I think the guys that are going to jump have already jumped. Although I, I will say this: when you get into early December and the coaches go back out, all bets are probably off. And and I, you know, I, I guess there is always a chance that there might be another defection or two. Uh, but right now, um, I would say we don't see anybody that seems on the horizon of decommitting. When a new coach comes on board and possibly cleans house, will they examine every current player and in some cases elect not to keep them? That's a great question. And subsequently, will they take back offers to prospective recruits? Um, I think absolutely yes, a new coach will come in and look at every player on the roster. And if there's guys there, and you could think of a few, that have gotten their degrees, who are four years into the process and have had a scholarship for four years and are not going to be contributors to this team in the future, absolutely, I think you might, tell the co- you might see the new coach to tell those guys that they, they can't stay in the program to free up a scholarship for somebody else coming in. As far as prospective recruits, I absolutely do believe that a new coach coming in, I, not just believe, but I would hope, that a new coach coming in would look at the entire recruiting class one by one, would have the current staff explain to him why that kid was offered and why he's being taken, would make an independent evaluation on his own and make sure that he will want that kid moving forward. It makes zero sense to bring any recruits into the program that the head coach, the new head coach, is not 100% behind. Did the loss to North Carolina open the eyes of the school regarding how bad things are? Um, I don't think you could say that. I think they already knew how bad things are. I think that just put an exclamation point on it. Who will be entering the draft on this current Miami team? Will anyone come out early? Um, I think Artie Burns is almost definite to come out early. Uh, You know his story, obviously. You understand how he lost his mother, how he's responsible now for the three kids, his siblings, his own kid. And, you know, Artie Burns, I I think, would have a tough time staying in school. I spoke to some NFL people this week. They told me right now he has a second-round grade, that there's some teams that are even looking at him as a possible first-round pick. So there's not going to be much reason for Artie Burns to stay in school. I would think Artie Burns uh, would almost definitely be an early entry this year into the NFL draft. All right, I've had enough talking. Now it's time for you guys uh, to to get in on the act. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Remember, hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. And let's start out tonight in the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? How are you doing, Gary? Hey, what's up, Robert? How are you? I'm doing good. Good to see you out in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Basically took everything I had to say away, though. But I, I agreed with everything you had to say, I must say. Well, that's I, good to hear. Yeah, yeah. You know, wow, I get brutalized on your message board, Gary. Woo, if I ever have anything else, I'm sticking just to emailing you, Gary. I'm not writing on that message board anymore. Woo, Why would you yell that like that? <laughs> no, I didn't see it. What happened? <laughs> I just simply posted, I said, you know, I just, you know, I, you know, about my thoughts, you know, I did go on that golden cane trip with, you know, with, with all the big, uh, the big donors and Blake James and, you know, just, you know, they had a a dinner the night before the game and, 
he basically said almost to the T of what you said, they're committed to winning. You know, they, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint to hire a coach. And, you know, just, you know, some people ask the question, I, I, I wasn't really my place to ask, you know, well, you think all the fans kind of want Butch Davis and kind of when his name came up, he kind of just shrugged and says, you know, we're going to do our thorough search and, I could just say that, you know, I, I don't think positive vibes came from the higher-ups on uh, the whole Butch Davis talk. So I just mentioned that on the board. Obviously, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just relaying back what with a dinner with the higher-ups was like, and, oh, I got brutalized. <laughs> so that, that was really just the experience that I had on uh, – uh, and that, yeah, and like you said, that just put an exclamation point on – you know, no one was really too upset about the game. Obviously, it was a disaster, but it wasn't like people were angry. I think we were already there. You know, it's not really, you know, <laughs> nothing nothing uh, out of this world uh, took place. Um, yes, Gary, no, you... ask you... okay. Yeah. Um, no, and, and, and just the other things he mentioned, yeah, and, and like you said, they are going to make this a a nationwide search. This is not – which could be for the better or for the worse. Like you said, this is – and, you know, they're not going to be cheap about it, and they want to in- interview everyone and just kind of find the best man, you know, not for – you know, and he also mentioned the recruits. He says, don't worry about the recruits. He goes, we have until February 3rd to sign these guys. He goes, we got to find the right guy for the next five years or a long, you know, or longer, not, not you know, for the next year or two, and we can't make just my little input from there. Gary, just – and this has nothing to do – anything to do with – any race or anything, but doesn't Charlie Strong and kind of Randy Shannon kind of have very similar characteristics in terms of defensive-sided guys that, you know, I, I think that Charlie Strong got very lucky with getting Teddy Bridgewater. He fell right in their hands with when they fired Randy Shannon, and he brought along some really good players to Louisville that kind of formed that team and his offense. I mean, I, I'm not sold on Charlie Strong. What, what do you think about him? I think there's questions about how good of a coach he is. There's no question about it. But, you know, look, any head coach that's going to be successful has to have a quarterback. So I don't think it. I don't think it's fair to blame him for having Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, great job by him and Clint Hurt to get Teddy Bridgewater to come to Louisville. Great job in how they used him at Louisville and were able to have success there. Okay? I don't think – we hold that as a negative. I, I, I think that's a positive. Now, you look at what he's doing at Texas right now. He doesn't have a quarterback, and the team is really, really struggling. And the other thing that happened to Charlie at Texas was he made a mistake in hiring his offensive coordinator, and he didn't do a good enough job with that hire, and he's paying for it deeply because not only do they not have a quarterback, but they don't have an offensive coordinator either. And you put the two of those things together with a defensive head coach, and it's a disaster. And that's why Texas is is losing. Uh, And the, the thing also about Charlie is with every loss that they take at Texas, his stock has got to be going down. So by the time they get around to talking to him, at the end of the season, I imagine, uh, which would be in a few weeks, uh, he might not be that attractive if he's only sitting there with four or five victories. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how it unfolds in, in in relation to him because he obviously has connections to the search firm. The search firm has connections to his people. Uh, they place him in Texas, so they have accountability to the University of Texas. Texas, I imagine would like to make a coaching change without it costing them $15 million. And I imagine 
that if they do go looking for a new coach, that they're going to need a search firm. And that search firm might potentially, again, be Corn Ferry, especially if Corn Ferry helps them out of this Charlie Strong situation, if Miami is interested in Charlie. So all these um, elements could come together. And I know your next question is going to be, well, would we be taking Texas's damaged goods? And what I would say is not necessarily. I mean, you know, this is business and – you know, let's be honest. Charlie Strong would be a better fit at the University of Miami than he is at, at Texas. Right. Yeah, that can. I wish you didn't add that part. How this uh, searching firm actually placed Charlie Strong at Texas? Because I think any college football fan knew from the start that was probably a bad fit or questioned the fit. And you know, I, I wouldn't have done it. I I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't have placed them there. Sense. And if I were Charlie's agent. Other than the fact that it was, uh, you know, uh, a five million, five, a twenty-five million dollar contract, uh, of which he's probably getting three percent, and you could do the math on that. <laughs> you know, three three percent of twenty-five million goes a long way if you're Charlie Strong's agent, and you're not going to get more than you know two or three million from any other suitor. So that's why that deal came together. But you're right. Who was looking out for the for the betterment of Charlie Strong? Not too many people there. Yeah, that that just seemed it was a destined for failure from the start. I don't know. You know, it, it just seems like it, it. I just hope it's just not one of those years. You know, it looked like last year when the Gators were trying to find their coach, their AD just went. They, he knew who he wanted. He made it happen. He bought him out for whatever it was, five, $7 million, and he just got his guy, and that was who we zeroed in on. And I don't know if we really are zeroed in on anyone. It seems like they're starting from ground zero and just kind of – working its way up from maybe, you know, 15, 20 candidates and just getting it down. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's a little frightening, but I mean, I guess maybe it's had exciting also, but I, I guess we'll see, you know, Whew. Gary, I also have to say, I mean, I, I mean, just in all my years of watching football and betting a lot of football over the years, I've never seen anything like last year, a team just unraveling and just being so poorly coached and leading into this year, which probably, I mean, we already could, you know, see what's what's going to happen i mean is georgia tech going to run for less than 500 yards on saturday i mean i would take that over i mean it's just, I, i've never seen anything like this this is beyond embarrassing it, it's 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 brutal i i can't i mean i'm trying to just not even watch it anymore i mean this is not i mean because i mean coaching changes happen all the time but you normally do not see kids go out there and not earn their scholarship and these kids are I mean, between last year, see, I'm talking about last year, and then what's probably going to happen in these last few games. These kids, I mean, should not even walk out of the locker room. I mean, this is terrible. They're so they're a mentally weak football team, and and that's why a new coach coming in has to look at every single corner and nook and cranny of this program, address it, analyze it, change it from what the kids eat every day to what they think every day. And this team badly is going to need some psychologists, in my opinion, to, to be a part of, of the program because they are as mentally weak of a football team as you will see. And they, they've just, they, they cave in. Uh, they just, I mean, it's amazing. Like how do you have more yards on offense at halftime than the team you're playing and, and be down 31 to nothing? I mean, I mean, I, I, you talk about things you've never seen. I mean, when have you ever seen that? And what about the penalties? I mean, they are, these are self-inflicted. I mean, was North Carolina a better team than Miami? Sure. 
But, I mean, if you watch the first quarter, Miami's going up and down on the field, and then they just get hit by a – they get a first down penalty, go back five yards, another penalty, go back five yards. Then the fumble happens, and then they're just a mentally weak team just takes over, and it's just a total collapse. And, I mean, it's, it's, I've never seen anything even remotely like this in my life. I mean, it's, it's beyond. And it's from every facet, from the coaches to the kids to, to the – I don't even know what to say, to, to say anymore. It is – it's unbelievable. It is well, unbelievable. Me, you know, let me tell you something. I'll tell you one thing. It's unforgivable, okay, that they're sitting here now going into the last two games of the season, and they still don't know how to defend an option play. And, you know, <laughs> you heard you heard. I asked Larry Scott about that today, and, and the explanation was that they'll defend it better now that they can be focused solely on that play for the entire oh. week of practice and understand their assignments better. And I get that, you know, when you're defending a, a, a diverse uh, offense that does several different things well, you have to be prepared for everything. And maybe you don't get to focus on one thing like an option play as much as you might need to. But come on, man, these guys are football players. I mean, you should be able to freaking in, in, in training camp – teach the basic responsibilities of an option play and get guys into position to make the play. And I just think it's, it's just, it's unforgivable. I mean, it, it, it's they've, a, they've, they, Robert, they've thrown this whole season away largely on getting annihilated on option plays. It, it's, it's, it, I, it's real. I, I, I can't even fathom it. it. It's, it's really just, I mean, these guys should be have to get back their salaries for, for what they've done. I mean, you realize you're talking about the university of Miami here. You're not talking about Virginia, Wake Forest, you know, some of these Vanderbilt, these like B or C level teams that, you know, that really don't invest in it, that don't expect to win. This is the University of Miami. And you're talking about coaches that can't even have kids prepared to run an option play. I mean, this should be, this is something you work on in the, in the springtime, in the summer and, and get, going into before the game start, not you work on the week of practice. I mean, this is, this is elementary stuff. I mean, this is crazy. This is like what, with these cheap teams that, you know, that you just, oh, well, we just outplayed them today. I mean, well, you know, it, it, I just want this season to be over with. I mean, I could tell you it was a pipe dream that a lot of the guys and the, the you know, the trustees all thought that the pinstripe bowl could be the best option, and that seemed like where they wanted to go because Miami is a big contingency in New York. Who knows if that's going to happen? Well, I, I not just that, it. but they want to they go on vacation in New York at the University right. of <laughs> Sure. Gee, I, mean, I, mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little bit of an appealing I mean, it, location, I guess. You know, it could be it, it could be a better idea just to don't even watch the last two games. But don't even, I mean, because it, it, it's it's really just it's it's really tough, and just focus on the coaching search. And I, and I and I'm just so happy when they said that they're committed to winning and really just you know, and it seems like they really are, you know. So that that's just you know. Oh yeah, this, no, this is this is no this is no joke, and this is no you joke. know, there's there's people. There, there's people that have been associated with the university for decades who are like absolutely stunned at this sudden change in in mindset from the upper levels of the board of trustees. I mean, it, it's almost like they don't want to hire anybody unless they have to spend that money because they want to do it. They want to they want to invest in the program and they want to show people that they're willing to do it. Yeah, it's very reassuring that we. I, I just I hope they make the right hire and I, and I can't. What do you think about Mike Leach? What's your, your uh, I don't. I just. I don't see it happening. I think 
you know, okay. way too out there, way too risky of a hire for the university. Uh, I, I don't see him being a real candidate. He wasn't last time. I don't think he will be this time. Yeah. All right, I'll let you get to some other people, but like I said, okay, Robert, thanks there, for being- you will- you will not see me on Saturday. I can tell you that. I will be somewhere not at that stadium after last week's trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The, the, the seniors that are that are going to be playing their last game at home, they deserve people to be there. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's going to be sad if it's an empty stadium and they're sitting there on senior day and and it's kind of like a dead atmosphere and and. You know, yeah, there's going to be eight thousand. There's going to be eight thousand. I know, 8, I know 8, what it's going to be. I know, I know. I, mean, I just, I feel bad for those kids. You know, yeah, it's, it, well, it, it, it's going to be bad. It's, you know, it's, it's not going to look good for the program either. Uh, I don't know if it'll impact the coaching search or won't impact the coaching search. You know, money. Right. You know, the four million a year still is four million a year, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I know what you're saying. Well, All right, Robert, thanks for being part of the show. From Gulfstream Park, I wish them my, uh, my best from Gulfstream Park. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Have a good one. Talk okay. next week. Yep. All right, man. All right, 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048 is the number. Let's go out to the 404. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, how you doing, man? It's Roland in New Orleans. Roland? How you doing this week? Well, man, I'm good, man. I'm good. So, um, first of all, um, I got a couple questions. First, who, in your opinion, who do you think will be that big splash of a coach? First and foremost, in your opinion. You know, I, I'll be. I don't. I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out. You know, I don't mm-hmm. see a lot of guys out there that would fall into that classification that that you would consider a splash hire. You know, I mean, who who would that be? You know, I'll go. I'll go. I'll look at our hot board right now. I mean, I, with Butch Davis, if they change their mind on him and make him a splash hire, is he a splash hire? I don't know. You know, Cristobal, Chudzinski, Shiano, Mike Shula, Chuck Pagano, Dana Holgerson, is he a splash hire? Is Charlie Strong a splash hire? Or Rich Rodriguez? You know, he, he, Gary, I, I mean, maybe Gary Patterson would be a splash hire. Uh, so you know, I, I I still find it hard to believe that Mark D'Antonio wants to spend the rest of his career at Michigan State. I mean, I I, had, I, just, I just can't believe that. You know, I, a guy who's that good of a coach, I would think, would want to make a move to a place, and, and it might end up being LSU if they get rid of Les Miles. It could even end up being USC. I don't know if it'll end up being Miami, but I I just I don't know. I find it hard to believe that that he's going to stay at Michigan State forever. So maybe he would be a splash hire. But, you know, Justin Fuente and Tom Herman, are they splash hires? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Chip Kelly, if he decides to come back to college, he would be a splash hire. But I'm not really sure what you consider a splash hire. That's what I don't understand about this whole process. You have all this money. You want to make a splash hire. But what's a splash hire? Like, you know, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. You know what I consider a splash hire? When you you named all those guys, you need you need to, a splash hire. A splash hire is somebody that's going to be a disciplinarian, somebody that's going to be um, being able to be a CEO and understand and bring a strong staff in, and somebody that's going to have to come in immediately. They got to evaluate every single kid on this roster and look at all those scholarships that were given out to uh, guys like uh, Michael Weiss, who shouldn't be on the team. Um, um, and, and and really, you know, just 
a lot of those kids are really, you have a lot of kids that's leaving. If if it's rich, you know, I think it's gonna be a lot of you know whoever the new coach is, a lot of those kids are gonna be forced out by the new coaching staff, and also Gary, um, um, when you watch that Duke game, not that Duke game, the uh, North Carolina game, it got to the point where <laughs> where it, they had so many they were playing so many different wide receivers. They had Barrios on special teams. They had Barrios playing. They had Cajun playing. Tyree Brady playing. Stacy Cole playing. And I kept thinking to myself, like, you know, uh, Cajun should have been red-shirted. Um, um, yeah, do you uh, really Barrios. need Cajun to be playing this year to get one that's catch a game? Play. I mean, really? Like, is that that's any a, way to run a football program? That's, that's a year that's burned right there. That's a guy that could have red-shirted, put on a little more weight, learned, and would come out ready to go for uh, 2017. That guy should not be playing right now. He should not be playing. And they were giving him reps on the – I just couldn't – I just can't understand what, you know. You, I mean, I know he caught like, a touchdown pass, but yeah. he didn't know. He didn't need to play this year. But getting back to your splash hire, I've, I've got the list of college coaches in front of me right now. And, you know, Nick Saban's not coming here. Jim Harbaugh's not coming here. Urban Meyer's not coming here. Um, I, I guess – Bob Stoops, if, no, if you could talk him into leaving Oklahoma, would you consider that a splash hire? Not you know, I don't know. I mean, but, but he makes five point four million at Oklahoma. I don't know why he would leave there. Um, you know, Jimbo's not coming here. If he goes anywhere, he's going to LSU. Uh, no, we've talked about Charlie Strong. I mean, Kevin I Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin be a splash hire? Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't touch Les Miles. I would never. No, Les Miles, you know, he might get fired at LSU, but he's 62 years old. I mean, I don't think Hugh Freeze would be a good hire for Miami. No, I don't think think that would be a terrible fit for Miami. Yeah, Art Bryles Bryles isn't leaving Baylor. I mean, no chance. That would be a good fit, too. It's got to be. Regardless, if it's a a guy who has U.M. ties and he doesn't, he needs to understand the culture of Miami first and foremost. And then, you know, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mark Richt, I mean, he might, he might, he's not kind of on the outs at Georgia, but he's already said that when he leaves Georgia, he's retiring. He has no burning desire to come to Miami, or he would have already been here. He could have had this job in the past and 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 chose to not be interested. Is Gus Malzahn going to leave Auburn? You know, I don't. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I would. I, would I wouldn't think so. You know, no, Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. Okay, maybe, but is he a splash hire? Dan Mullen at Mississippi State, who crapped no. out. I mean, he crapped out of his interview the last time when they hired Al Golden, and, and they didn't like him then. Why would they like him now? You know, Brett Billima at Arkansas, is that a splash no. hire? If you can no. convince him to leave. Now, you know, Gary Patterson, I think, you know, maybe. Uh, you I, know, Mark I, 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 yeah. The guy at Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, that might no. be a guy to look at. No, but no, he might be a guy there. to look at as as somebody that might be considered a splash hire. I wouldn't even want him on. No, Mike Gundy. No, I, I, I mean that's just my opinion. I wouldn't. I would look at some of the assistants in the NFL. I mean, and, and, and you know, I would look along that line. They should definitely look at you know guys in the NFL that's a, you know D coordinators, offensive coordinators. You know, from that from that standpoint, and. You know, it, you may not have that name, but, you know, you have those guys that are understanding how to develop players, understanding how to have discipline, and understanding how to uh, motivate kids. Because 
when you watch that game, Gary, um, those kids, the effort they gave and the motivation, it was so many penalties, man. It was just, it it, it almost felt like, uh, well, it did feel like that. It felt like North Carolina was bigger, faster, um, more prepared. And Miami was just, um, mm-hmm, just, uh, it didn't seem right. Some, some, some. I don't know what the connect disconnect is from the players or the coaches. It's almost like the players will do what they want to do, and they, you know, and 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 they run the, the program, and it's like no discipline. That's why I believe whoever comes in, they need a they need a disciplinarian. They need somebody that's going to be on top of the entire team, from special teams to offense to defense, and somebody that can put a game plan together and can understand that. Every game matters. Not playing just Florida State or playing. Every single game matters, and you got to give effort. I mean, it got to the point where you had guys on the D line. Gary, it was it was just so embarrassing. They weren't even. It was almost like they just literally stopped in, in their tracks. I mean, they weren't even. It was no effort. And then when they came to the sideline, Gary, the thing about it, you you didn't even see the coaches. You didn't even see D'Onofrio, which I'm glad. You know, that's a whole nother conversation, but you didn't see any of the coaches getting in these guys' faces, telling them, you know, we need some effort, we need you to didn't see anything. It was just so lackadaisical, so nonchalant, and it's just like, that's not Miami football. And you know that, Gary, you've been covering this team for forever. You know, you've seen it from the beginning to where it is now. And you got you got kids that's just, it's just almost like no, you know, no effort, um, no, no passion, I mean, it's like who's the leader? Can you give me just one leader on the team? Like a from a, everybody leads different from a vocal standpoint, from 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 um, from a performance standpoint. But it's a lack of leadership, and and it's just like I don't know if you have that guy on it on the coaching staff that's that's getting these guys' faces of making all these multiple penalties. It's like when they make a penalty. They look at the guy, and it comes. You know, the guy comes off the field, and they may have a conversation with him. But it's not just, you know, it's not a guy that's really hands on. So I know you got a lot of callers. I, all I'm gonna simply say is just, you know, keep me on hold. But I just need. I think Miami, whoever they get, whoever they decide, they decide to get. They need. They need a disciplinarian, and they need a coaching staff that can truly understand the players and develop these guys because all that talent in South Florida, all that talent, too much talent for Miami to to not be winning 10 or 11 games. And it's frustrating when you're looking at Arkansas with Alex Collins killing LSU, Denver Kirk, Kirkland, Gore that's going to be in the NFL, um, Ridley at Alabama. It goes on and on. All those kids should be in Miami. And they got to find a way and bring the right coach in to make this change. I know that was yep. a lot of information, but that's what, that's just. I think the whole fan base feel like that. It's too much talent, Gary. Yep, no talent. argument, Roland. Way too much. So you just put me on hold, man. I'm gonna just let you. You got know. it, man. And as far as your Thank splash you, hire, the, the only thing I can come up with um, <laughs> is Charlie Strong. I mean, I I can't come you up think, with anything anything well else. You think he would fit well at Miami, Charlie Strong? I don't know. I. I, I I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I would think he would. Um, maybe as a D coordinator, but I, I mean, 
I just don't. I don't. As a, as a, as a head coach, we really have, to, and I'm sure you know Velma and all the rest of those guys. They they really have to find somebody that really understands the culture of Miami and understands just a head coach and putting the right assistants around and understanding where to recruit. There's no need to go to uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio to get kids. You get all the, all your all your players from South Florida. Go get a quarterback from California. Pick and choose some players um, um, from wherever. But you, you don't. I mean, you got a breeding ground in South Florida. That's all you need to do. Stay South Florida, and you're gonna win ten, eleven games every single year. And I can't understand why the current regime haven't done that. I mean, all we. Yeah, I've called you multiple times, man. You give me one defensive tackle over the last five years that Miami has recruited, besides knowing who's going to be really good. You would give me one defensive tackle that has made a true impact, or made a, any impact. You can't name them. And, and, and the defensive tackles that we have, they're all Juco guys. You don't have anybody that's coming in. As fresh, I mean, as no. freshmen, and they can Re- recruiting at so. that position has been horrendous. They're and you know what? Like, I know Kendrick horrendous. Norton's been he's been okay this year, no argument. But that's another kid that should have redshirted, and they, yeah. he has no business being out there. He this should year. be playing. He should not be playing. Could you imagine if you redshirted that kid and see what he's going to develop him, let him live in the weight room, come back next yep. year to be an absolute beast with Gerald Willis and, Ma- yep. and a whole yes. Muhammad yes. if he doesn't get crazy and go to yes. the NFL. And if somebody could ever light a fire under Chad Thomas, now you might yes. have a real defensive line. Gerald, no everything you're saying is, 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 is right on point. I just hope the next coaching staff under. I, I don't even know. I'm not. I, I, I don't even know why I'm sweating it because I know the, the next coaching staff will understand what the deal is. And Miami's gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. So just put me all on right, hold. Well, hey, just... Yep, you got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again uh, next week. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the uh, the five one three now. You're now live on King Sport Live. What's up, Gary? How you doing? This is Tim from Cincinnati. How are you? Doing good. How you doing? Tonight? Oh well, uh, well, Gary, I'm actually doing pretty good. I was listening to Roland, you know, call in and stuff, and he kind of sounds like a lot of other Kings fans. Where it's like, I don't think anyone would be satisfied with the potential candidates, no matter who comes up. It's like Charlie Strong. I don't know. Mario Cristobal. I don't know. Bush Davis. Oh, he's <laughs> I know. A liar. I know. It's I like agree. it's it's like everyone people name. It's like. It's like people are like, nah, he's not a good fit. I don't know. Uh, Tom Herman, uh, he didn't coach enough. Um, Quinte, I don't know. He's at Memphis. It's like, well, good gracious. I mean, who do you want? I mean, I mean, you want to go to the NFL and get a head coach from there? I mean, I don't know, man. But with whoever they choose, I hope they choose the right guy. But I don't even want to get into the coaching search. I just want to focus on the teams. Gary, what is it about this team? And I swear, the North Carolina game, was such – if you want to sum up all of Al Golden's tenure at Miami, just look at this season and especially the North Carolina game. I mean, I've never seen Deion Bush, who I loved as as a player, made a Dallas Crawford effort on a tackle. It was almost like he's just like, I'm making business decisions. I'm not trying to get myself hurt. I'm all about the NFL draft. And a lot of these kids – especially like these kids now, what do they have to play for, Gary? If you shove down their throats, 
that, oh, the coastal, we're in the coastal. Okay, so if the coastal's out of reach and it's 31 to nothing at halftime, completely quit. Completely quit. There was no fighting them. I saw Juwan Young acting like he was playing with me at sixth grade recess. No type of effort tackling. I mean, it was almost like, why did they not just put up the third string defense? Why not? Why is Stacey Coley, and I love Stacey Coley, why is Stacey Coley, you're still doing the penalties, really? How many times are they going to let him get away with that? I mean, good gracious. He was back I on mean, the field the next play. I would have sent him to the bench. For the I just don't, but you know what? But you know what? Maybe Kevin Beals has just said, you know what, Stacey, just do you. Because I can I can't get through to you. He's probably leaving anyway. And it's just like at this point he is just saying Well, I'm just saying though, Stacy Coley probably's I gonna mean, leave, uh, Gary. But now, let's just be real. Some of these kids are gonna make some stupid, boneheaded decisions to leave. And Kevin Beers just probably like the hell with you. Brady go in, let me just try to see who else wants it. Because these some of these kids, Gary, we've seen this year in and year out with Al Golden's tenure. They just they just dialing in. They're not even focused on the season anymore. It's just that, you know what, let me just not get hurt for the pros. And you've seen it. The only one I've seen that really had any fight, Kaya was still playing. Yearby showed me a lot. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Shane McDermott needs to slap the hell out of his brother to light a fire up under his ass or do something. Because that kid was the most overhyped, overrated player that I think UM has got within the last five years. That kid can't move. He can't block. I don't know if he can think. And then he just whiffs badly on block. Gary, I want you to suit up in number 52's jersey, and you go out there and block him. Because <laughs> he, he whiffs, Gary, honestly. He, he, he's I mean, been having the, a tough the whole time. I agree. Line. I agree. He's having a tough line. time. I don't know why. I think he's a better player than what he's showing. I don't know what the what the issue is. But but, but Gary, but but Gary, we haven't. Okay, Ar I love him. He is a UM legend. But you know what? It may be time for him just to go ahead. Him, his wife, and his kids just get a boat, key somewhere, and just chill. Because right now there is no improvement on that line whatsoever. You would at least see a gradual improvement as the season goes on. But Denny is a door whips on blocks bad. Nick Linder, he's okay, but he's not like you're just like, that's the man. Trevor Darling, it's like all these kids are not showing me any improvement on the line. Every time Kyle drops back, I'm just like, I hope the kid doesn't get killed. I hope he doesn't get killed. Now Kyle is so gun shy right now that it's just like as soon as some guy comes, he's just throwing the ball he's just throwing the ball away. He has no trust in this offensive line. And, Gary, I swear you were a prophet at the beginning of the year. You even said it, and I was just like, well, Gary, maybe Gary's just in the sun too long. Maybe he's just, you know, I don't know. But, for I mean, it's just that line is horrible. I've never seen a line this bad. Even when we got a zero shutout in, against Arizona, that line at least blocked for a second. This line can't block at all. Yep. It's, it's just, it's just, it just baffles me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm watching these kids, and I'm just like, my gosh, is it this bad? Has it gotten this? I mean, Artie Burns, love the kid. He's been through a hell of a lot. Some of them penalties he got was some BS. It was some BS. But other ones, it's just like they just don't care. Like the coaches are not even coaching anymore. 
Yeah, they're just out there. You well, know what I mean, Gary? But I, I mean, in fairness, they're, even, they're, you know, they're looking for new jobs. Their families are upset. They go home at night. Their wives are crying. You know, they're they're going through a lot. Okay, now. Oh yeah, and Gary, and Gary that I doesn't excuse. That, but, you know, Mark but it doesn't excuse it. having kids ready to defend the option. I'm just saying, you know, they're going through a lot right now. Yeah, and uh, but listen, Gary, I understand that, but let's just be clear. For Mark D'Onofrio, I have not seen, besides the Duke game, I have not seen, I mean, like you would think that he would be coaching a little bit better because maybe he wants to get a job elsewhere or, as a, you know, anywhere. But it's like, dude, your defense is, is still getting shredded. Still. It's like these players just said, you know what, Golden's gone. I don't care. I'm just going, to, listen, dude, I'm just not trying to get hurt. And that's just basically their, their motto. Like I mean, when when you're when 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 Matt put on the, the forum this morning that the kids have no energy, it's like okay, I know we're going to lose. You, you know what I mean? Like you just know you're going to lose. I don't think any Kings fan really cares about how the season turns out. They really don't. The only thing that Kings fans care about is who we're going to bring in, and they're going to blow up the forums and stuff and say, Gary, where are you at? What did you hear about? Who was at the Hex Center? Who was at the airport? That's all. You, that's all they care about now. No one cares. I mean, Rashawn Scott, I can see why they were having issues. He doesn't give any effort. It's like these kids just don't give any effort. And it's yeah, like, well, why do we have to put – you know what I mean? It's just – it's really the, frustrating new, here. New coach has his work cut out for him, no no, no doubt about it. Uh, you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, just one quick question, Gary, and just, just give me your idea of – I know you said Artie Burns was coming out, but do you see you. any other players – that you may feel are coming out early that may make some stupid decisions to come out and just the only other hold here and I'll just I mean, I, without looking at it in depth, I think, you know, obviously Stacy Coley is one that might make that decision. He, he shouldn't, you know, he's not really ready to, to, to for the national football league and, and the, the NFL doesn't really have a high draft grade on him right now. Uh, so I don't, I don't think that that would be the, the wisest of, of moves if, if he did that, um, in terms of other juniors on the team, I mean, Danny Isadora, he certainly can't go out. Stan Dobard certainly cannot go out. Um, you know, I've been I'm hearing just, a lot uh, about AQM. I mean, they've been saying that he I may think leave. He, to, he might, but he needs to come back. He hasn't done but anything. But why would he even there. contemplate leaving? He hasn't done anything since he's been. I don't know. Oh, I mean, he's got, years, he's got two years of eligibility left. I mean, so I, you know, I don't know why he would he would he would do that. So I don't, you know, I don't think there'll be that many. I mean, really, the only one that should think about it is Artie Burns. Okay, Gary, let's say what, man? Good show. Keep me on hold, it. man. Good show. You got it. Give us a call uh, next week. Let's go out to the seven seven three now. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Billy in Austin. How are you? What's up, Billy? Welcome to the show. Um, I'm really glad I just followed. Is it, is it Tim? Is that who his name was? Uh, I believe yes. Yeah. Um, so everything he just said kind of put things in perspective. Um, you know, Gary, how many times have you seen the movie Remember the Titans? Uh, I saw it once. I'm not okay. a big one. There's movies a, 10 times. Okay. Guy. Well, there's a signature line where Gary Bertier, the, you know, the so-called white captain brings up Julius Campbell, the so-called black captain, when they're trying to unite the team, you know, the challenges that they're facing. Key line is attitude reflects leadership. I don't know if you remember that. And 
kids have quit. I said this for you know as many years as I've called in on your show. They don't believe in what's being preached from the top down. And when you have that, and you're not motivated at your your own job, you know your your your, your brother's job, whatever, you don't play. It's that simple. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to be at work. You're not going to get 100% out of that employee. And this team is at a point of no return, and it shows with complete lack of effort because that team does not believe in the leadership of, you know, of the University of Miami. Um, you said two weeks ago, I asked you, how's the energy of practice for Duke? You said it was great. I asked you last week, how was it, you know, before uh, – uh, who the heck we play? I forgot who we played after that. Virginia, and you said it wasn't as good, in the, and it showed in the game. You know, and my whole thought process was the already burned situation, the the golden firing. That was the actual energy. It wasn't necessarily Larry Scott. Um, what are your thoughts on on the team crumbling from not being bought in whatsoever? I think they obviously have a lot of problems. I, I think that they're, like I said earlier, very mentally soft. I. I I have never felt they practice hard enough, and and I, I've always felt that they don't they're not tough enough, and uh, all those things. And I think it's proven by how their seasons go and and the record. And so, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it's almost like a broken record at this point, and really not sure. a lot of point to continuing to comment on it. They're in the final two games of the year. They're playing out the string. They're you know they're probably not going to win the final two. They're going to go to a nondescript bowl game and everything's going to revolve around who the new coach is going to be and what he's able to do before September. Fair enough. And yep. yeah, I agree on that. And you know, I, I I'm really really glad you played that Larry Scott interview prior to and to be you know I'm, I, I like he seems like a nice guy as did Golden. The only difference between Larry Scott and Al Golden is Larry Scott sounds like a new you know, new car salesman, where Al Golden sounds you know, like a used car salesman. Um, you know, it's but you know, Larry, there was a Larry's a good, he's a good he's a good guy. He doesn't even and I, and I me and you have kind of we've kind of gone back on this topic before, and I said this last year. Not one coach that that's not willing to come here. Is a nice guy. Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh, Art Bryles, Nick Saban—they're not nice guys. That's why nope. they win. Yep, you're right. Okay. Mark D'Antonio, not a nice guy. That guy uh, looks football, like a smug, you know what? Football coaches usually got to have a little prick in them, no doubt about it. Exactly. So there's a quote that I saw on, on Twitter. I don't know if it was the Kane Sport inside the whatever it was, but it says Larry Scott was quoted saying, "This season." Is not considered a failure. Any anytime you go to a bowl game, I saw that. Is not considered. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So I know. For me, I know that goes back to my my whole line of the attitude of the team. It, the the bar is just set so well, he, low. He's. I think he's trying to keep the team in, uh, with, with at least somewhat of a happy face. You know. But it's not happy. That that's part of the problem. Is that it, it's a continuous sale. And, and, and spin of, guys, it's going to be okay. You know, we're going to finish out these next two games really strong. That's absolute BS. If, I, if the interim coach had any clue whatsoever, he would have said, guys, we love Coach Gold and we thank him, but there's a, re- you know, there's a reason, unfortunately, that he's gone. We've got to shake it up over the next four weeks. This is our plan, what we're going to do, and not continue with the same you-know-what that we've seen over the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. 
how Mark D'Onofrio continues, number one, to have a job and continues to get you know, to, 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 to try the same stuff. I mean, Gary, at what point does a human being look in the mirror and say, you know what, maybe this isn't working? Well, not this one, because <laughs> he's continued to do the same thing for four years. He got his best friend fired and everything else. So, you know, I don't know. Mark will, you know, Mark will go on, and, and maybe he'll get another job. Maybe he won't, but uh, it's been a rough rough five-year tenure. All right, you got anything else you want to talk about tonight? Yeah, I want, I want to shift over to the coaching just a little bit um, real quick. Um, corn fairy thing, you know, it's, it's encouraging to hear the schools being very thorough. How much of it, Gary, is it them actually being thorough compared to Blake James, who seems like a very polished executive, doing it to cover his you-know-what? You know, I don't think we can evaluate that till the end. I think we got to see where this goes, you know? Okay. Um, you know, may, you know maybe... Maybe at the end of the day, Butch Davis gets hired, and 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 yeah, it's it, it's it's all that. You know, we'll see. And I'm all for it. I mean, I don't think from a business perspective, it's necessarily a negative thing. And I don't you know, all the people that are panicking and freaking out. It's it, I'd rather do, do do it the right way. It's just a matter of reading in between the lines of, you know, are we just going to put on the show? And I think it's great. I think to shut up South Florida, he's smart. Listen, we're doing our homework, doing it the right way. This is how it's going to be. I think it's a genius move. It's just a matter of how much is it is, is valid and how much of it is, is to protect himself. Um, I emailed you a question, um, and it's something that has not been addressed, is with some of these college coaches under contract, how much of an impact will some of their buyouts play in who we can actually hire after interviewing them? Or will it prevent us from interviewing certain people, going back to the Jim McElwain reference where Florida wrestled for a, a strong day, with that huge buyout before making the decision to proceed? I, you know, obviously there's limitations to everything, but from what I'm seeing and hearing right now, there is a commitment at the University of Miami to do whatever it takes to get the right guy this time. <laughs> but I just don't know who that is. I mean, I, I keep going up and down these coaching lists. I don't see where these splash hires are supposed We Like, where is this coming from? I, I there, is don't no spl- there, there is none. There, there, is, there, it, there it, isn't. I hate that term. In any, well, you're any not job. stealing. You're not stealing Urban Harbaugh or Nick. You're not. <laughs> but it, and with all, and this might be a little bit of a off the wall comment. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're a great fit, and that's part of what makes this job at Miami so unique. And that's the concerns that comes in from my standpoint with Corn Ferry. Um, one of the callers mentioned, you know, understanding the Miami culture. How how does a, an executive search form out of probably New York City when they're no, reading, when they're interviewing? They have offices all over the world, including in Miami. They're not just New okay. York City. But they look at it from an executive standpoint. We're going to hire a multi-million dollar man. You know, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of glad that Vinny is on there from the old school Canes to, to Vilma to the new school Canes. Um, they kind of had that same attitude. But there is a concern um, with that. With, now with Charlie. Gary, we talk to me every time. Every time I call in, you say, "Got a lot of calls from Austin. It's not good down <laughs> here." And know how you can hire someone. And when Miami is on record, what you're saying, we want to, we were committed to winning. That's going to go four and eight in two years. Um, the, my my big thing with with Charlie, it's not his quarterback. It is an issue. He's a defensive guy, as Al Golden 
was a defensive guy, and he is getting lit up like Al Golden was with more talent. He has more talent at Texas than he did at Louisville, and he is getting blasted by Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's concerns. And I think he might be diminishing as a candidate because of it. I would I would absolutely hope so. And whoever said the Randy Shannon thing, I texted my cousin earlier today, and we, we kind of chuckled about it. You know, you look at Jim McElwain, Jimbo, they go into a living room and they say, hey, Miami's got a new coach. Yeah, he went, he got worse in his two years at the best school in the entire country. Why would he <laughs> be any better at, at Miami? Yeah, legitimate points, no doubt about it. Last question. All right, I'm going to let people I, get I, on no, here. Yep, let, 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 let me ask you and put me on hold. The uh, Al Golden, what happens to Al? He, he'll he get another job one day, maybe. I don't know if he'll get a head job this year. It would have to be at a smaller place. I'm not really sure okay. what he has in mind or what he's looking for. I have not heard his name come up yet. So I, I heard care. somebody say he'd have to go back and be a coordinator, but I don't see Al as a coordinator. I don't know. What I don't, is, he a TV, is he a TV guy? He's, he's, maybe he's you'll see him on TV. He'd be a great TV guy. Yeah, that might be his next stop, no doubt about it. Great. All right, Thanks. man. Hey, thank, thank you for being part of the show. Give us Give us a call again. Uh, next week. Let's go out now to the 850, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing tonight? Doing great. Who's this? This is Travis up here in Tallahassee. What's up, Travis? Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, personally, to me, when, in regards to the splash hire thing, it comes from a combination of a head coach hire and the assistant coach, the coordinators that he's going to hire with him. You know, like the, how you've been preaching the the Butch Mario combo, that's a splash hire to me, you know, because you get the best of both worlds. You got your, your head coach in waiting, let's say uh, a guy that can recruit the area. Plus you got the, the legend himself, you know, Butch Davis, or, you know, something along the lines of, of a rich rod with a Bud Foster or something that might not work with Miami or whatever, but that's a splash hire. Say like if Virginia tech does that or something. Um, But the, 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 the list, that we we have of Chud and Mario by himself and Chiano and all these Pagano, all everybody who's been fired <laughs> just recently. You know, there's nobody on there that's winning that's going to be coming to Miami. Not not one person on that list except for maybe Gary Patterson or something like that. Even if it is Chip Kelly, who I think would be the biggest splash hire out of all everybody on that list. It would be, he would be coming here because he lost, and the Eagles were like, "Get the hell out of town." Right. You know. Yeah, so, you're right. So to me, there 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 is no real big splash hire here. No, I've been. I'm telling you, with, I agree. I've been up and down every list. I can't find them. <laughs> no, it, it's who comes up with the best package to me. You know, who 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 comes in with the guy that's maybe not the million dollar coordinator, but has been lighting it up, getting 600 yards of offense. And his, and then the other coordinator, you know, has been shutting it down to 200 yards of offense, you know, defense, you know, or something like that. That's where it comes down to the splash hire. It's a total package in my book. And you got the, the corn fairy thing. If you look at it from that perspective, man, the, the Charlie Strong thing, that that's just been been bugging me. You know, how how could a, a corporation that is, you know, supposedly the best in what they do could even look at Charlie Strong and think that that was a proper hire for both parties involved, whether it be the Texas Longhorns or their, you know, that him as a head coach. I mean, generally, if you're going into Texas, you need Texas ties to Texas high schools. It's just like South Florida. That's, 
you know, that's why he's even considered for the head coaching job down here is because he has the ties to South Florida. If he didn't have that, he wouldn't even be in the running. I mean, let's face it. So, I mean, you know what? Now that you're putting it in those terms, you, the the thing that's that's even scarier is the reason that they placed Charlie Strong at Texas was because Texas was looking for a splash hire. They were replacing, you know, a, a coach in, in Mac Brown who had um, been a very high profile coach. And they were looking for the same thing. They were looking for a splash hire. And you're absolutely right. Their splash hire was a guy that didn't belong and never should have been put there. And that, if you want to be worried about something, might be something to be worried about too. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's exactly what I thought of when I thought of them and hearing that they hired Charlie Strong for Texas. Because, I mean, that was a disaster for both parties. It wasn't going to be beneficial. You, I mean, how could you not check – with the biggest booster of Texas, of the new head coach coming in. I mean, what that man said after Charlie Strong was hired, he was doomed from day one. It was over. He should have been like, yo, I'm done. Doomed from day one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that was ridiculous, man. So that firm to me, I mean, that's great and all, but – and who else are they going to be working for this year? You know, I mean, are they going to be hiring for Missouri? Are they going to be hiring for South Carolina and all these – and USC out in – out on the West Coast, I mean, that I, I don't like that. The fact that we have an AD that needs to go out there, I mean, I don't like anything the Gators do, but at least their AD's got cojones. You know, he's like, this is my guy. You guys don't like him, tough shit. And when it's over, if he fails, then we'll both be fired. And that's just the way it's going to be. And that that's what we need. We don't have a clear mission statement, let's say, from the top down as a Miami Hurricane football program. We have a guy that – was a ticket salesman in Maine, is all of a sudden running our program that needs a hiring firm that has a smoke and mirrors search committee on there. You, you really think Jonathan Vilma, anything he says is going to be taken into serious consideration? Probably not, you know, or the Strawley chick or any of those people on there. This is a joke. I mean, this, I mean, why is any of that public information as a private school? Just shut up and do this, man. You've had a month, and now you're just coming out and being like, oh, well, we got our act together, and we're going to take care of business. We got all the money in the world now all of a sudden. But, you know, you're still after like two or three years talking about, yeah, we're raising money for our uh, indoor practice facility. I mean, come on, dude. This is this is ridiculous. Sorry, sorry to, to go on the negative tip, but, I mean, this, uh, after well, hearing your opening this, this statement, one, you crushed me. This one's coming coming out of the University General Fund, I think. I, you know, I think that the university is going to supplement whatever athletics needs here and give them the money to do what they need to do. Because at the bottom line is the state of the football program has become embarrassing to the university. And, you know, you're having the school and the team humiliated on national TV week after week. You know, they're mocking the logo. You got guys throwing up the U and flipping it upside down. Uh, all kinds of negative opinions all over now. How is that not a penalty, by the way? I mean, yeah, they did that numerous that, times in that game and not one time a penalty called. That's a whole other argument and debate and discussion. <laughs> but, I'm just, but I'm just saying, I mean, you know, the state of this football program is an embarrassment to the University of Miami right now, and they need to get it fixed. And that's why you see the commitment that you've never seen before. Uh, I just wonder if it'll be long-lasting. And to me, that's the key. You know, will, will they maintain this financial commitment 
to the football program well, going deep into the future. Well, that was my, my, my second point of everything that I had to make tonight. And, and this is, you say Blake James listens to this show, and I've been wanting to say this for weeks every time I call in, and for some reason I never get around to it. We're never going to have a stadium. Or if we do, it's a long, long way off. So as an AD of the Miami football program, your main job in my eyes is to make sure that our facilities for our football program, our track and field, our baseball, every single program, are the best in the nation. I mean, I don't we know should be second nation, to he, none. He has been great. He's been great in that regard. He, he really has, has done a great job, but it goes back to the indoor practice facility. I mean, come he's on gonna, now. That's been that taken away. It, it took a year and a half just to get stadium lights out on the practice field so we could work out in the morning time, which is just stupid. You know, I mean, it, there's so many things that have to be done. The Schwartz Center, I mean, yeah, that's nice and all, but in, but in comparison to other facilities. So people are excited and people will donate their money. Yeah, well, that was the other point. When one guy said that he wasn't going to be going to the game, hey, man, we got rid of the coach. That, that's the main thing. Even though this team is horrible, this is when we got to shut the pot, fine bombs of the world up and go to the game and support them. To the people that have the means, I can't drive down from Tallahassee. I'm a student and everything. But the people that are in Miami, get out there and get the money in the program because Al Golden's gone. Yeah. You know, I mean, celebration yeah, time, guys, whoever the hell they hire. Let's get in there. You know, you got several seniors graduating, and, and you want to do the right thing by them, too. So I, yeah, I, exactly, I, man. I mean, 30,000 in the stadium on Saturday. All right, Hopefully man, you something else, like that. Else this week? The other one is the last point is just to piggyback off of everybody else. Um, the other two names that I heard might be going out and just uh, just comment on it and uh, let me go. Um, Corn Elder and uh, Jermaine Grace. You think they'll yeah. leave early? Uh, I mean, Corn no definitely idea. has a shot, right? I mean, he's good, no. except for he's undersized. No, he's not there yet. He's not. Nah, I mean, I don't think he should. But you never know. Right. He might. I don't think he should. And Jermaine definitely shouldn't. Yeah, so we'll both see. undersized. But I heard somebody saying that he could maybe go as like a safety or something like the NFL might look uh, at him in that terms. Not so easy. Yeah, he could go and get drafted and maybe in the fifth or sixth round. That's, oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. None of these guys are first round talent yeah, right if, now. If that's what he's looking for, you know, or he yeah. could get in, get in the weight room and and try to get bigger and stronger for next year and come back and and do much better than that. So we'll see. Awesome. Well, right, thank man, you so much for having me on, Gary. Yep. Give us a call next week. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 845. The 845. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Gary, Greg, how you doing? What's up, Greg? How you doing this week? I'm doing great. I got a splash high that nobody's mentioned yet. Give it to us. How, how about Pete Carroll? <laughs> yeah? You want to that spend be- money? Bring yeah. Pete Carroll in. We know he can win. He won in a, college, and he won. I, I would make that inquiry if I were them. You never know. Yeah, how about that one? I mean, okay. he's struggling now, this year after being in the Super Bowl last year. Maybe he wants to go back to college. Maybe he wants to retire right. himself. Who knows? I would make that call. Well, well, I agree. Okay, I got another one for you. It's not a splash name, but he, he's a perfect coach for Miami because they're the most undisciplined team in the country. How about the Navy coach? 
That guy is a great coach. Yeah, but you want to bring the option offense down here? Okay, how's Paul Johnson done in the ACC oh, with God. the option? He hasn't done a damn thing. No, you don't want any part of that. He got to the, he gets to the championship game oh, come on, a few right. times. Yeah, yeah, okay. And what's he doing this year when he was supposed to win it and the whole thing's falling apart? Uh, okay, Trish. so why are you saying that he's going to crush Miami this weekend? Well, because Miami's just, done. Oh, they're done. Okay. All right, now I want to get to, to the team. The, the play that uh, Larry Scott talked about with the snap that Kaya didn't handle, Kaya made no effort to get that ball, okay? He made a half-hearted effort. No, and that's, that's not true. That's not true. Come, Come on. on. He did not dive his, put his head in there trying to get that ball. so high and away from him and and was so far from where it was supposed to be that – it had to be like just total shock. I mean, come on, he he had no chance to field that snap. Not to field it, but to go after it the way he went after it to try to recover it. I mean, that that shows his teammate. Is he a leader? Do you think he's a good leader? He's eleven and eleven as a quarterback for this team. He's a good player. Do you think he's a leader? I think too much has been put on his shoulders. I think he was forced to play too early. I think he should be a redshirt freshman this year, and you'd feel pretty good about where he is. You would like him okay. a lot better if he was going to be a redshirt sophomore next year and not already a junior. All right. Do you think that any of these kids wanted any part of tackling this Elijah Hood this week? No, and I don't think want any part of this damn offense where they're going to be getting cut blocked left and right on Saturday. I'm hoping, okay, now, I'm hoping for right. their sake on senior day that, it's, that, that that's not the case, but I, I don't have a good feeling about this game on Saturday. I haven't well, they should be able to score at least 40 yeah, points. Could. Yeah, they should, but I haven't, seen an, I haven't seen an option play defended once this year, and now they've got to do it 70 times. So I don't know. We'll see. Okay, now, Brad Kai, I've called you many times in the past. I told you his lack of mobility hurts the offense. And what are they doing? Third and 13, they're down by 24 points, and they're doing play action. Who do they think they're fooling with play action when they're down by 24 points? I've never seen anything like this in my life. It's the most embarrassing thing. I and then I read your article. You agree with me on that, don't you? I agree you've seen a lot from this team the last few years that you've never seen before. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Right, one last quick point. I read your article about Jack Allison today. So if Coley is not retained, he's probably going to leave also, right? He's not saying that, but, but the chances would be increased. Yes. Okay. So don't you think we need, like you said before, to bring in a coach fairly soon so we can tie this kid up? Because he's yeah, a it, girl. Is he an early kid, too? Early yes, he entry? Is. He is. It just, uh, you know, it depends who this guy is. Like, we don't know who the coach is going to be. So it's hard to really have that an opinion on that, you know? Okay, maybe the coach, next coach, will bring in a dual-threat quarterback that's, 
college, look at Watson at Clemson. Look at the Ohio State quarterbacks. You can't win with a statue as a quarterback in, in this age of college football. Everyone who's successful, their quarterback can move around. Kaya cannot move. It's he can't win. Maybe we need to go in another direction with him. Well, see, I'll let you go, but let's uh, remember I told you, Pete Carroll. Yeah, I like that name. I would make that call. I and, and yeah, I would consider that that would that would be a splash hire, no doubt. Uh, All can right, you Greg, keep me on hold, please. You got it, man. Give us a call again next week. Let's go to the two four zero. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? This is D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you doing this week? Hey, I'm good. Hey, I'm. I'm <laughs> go ahead. I'm you're, good. The, you're, you're the legend. You got the floor. Go for it. Hey, hey, I'm just listening to you know, just to my Kane brethren and how they're all making some great points. Um, two calls ago, just piggyback, he got the phrase mixed up, or who said the phrase? It was Julius Campbell who said the phrase to Bartier, that attitude reflects leadership, pretty much saying Bartier was the captain, but he wasn't he wasn't showing great leadership. So in turn, Julius Campbell wasn't playing hard. So that's why he said attitude reflects leadership. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen – I've seen us play so, so terribly on defense. And that comes from the top down. And pretty much what everybody's talking about, about, you know, just lack of motivation and getting the right coach in here. And, you know, part of my French, we need a coach that's going to come in here, that's going to come in here and put foot to their ass. <laughs> you know, I mean, put foot straight to their ass and walk in like Jimmy Johnson did on several different occasions, and would say, today I'm looking for scholarships. And that's letting, and that's putting everybody on notice, like, yeah, today I'm looking for scholarships. That meaning somebody is about to be gone. I'm about to pull your shit and you're getting the hell out of here because you're not University of Miami material. So that's the type of coach we need. I don't care. I'm not into the splash hire. BS. I'm not into all of that crap. Just give me the right guy that's going to hold these players accountable, that's going to develop these players and put a great product on the field. Splash high, splash high. I don't, give, I don't care about that shit. Jimmy Johnson wasn't a splash higher. Neither was Butch. But the end results made them a splash higher because they won. The teams were disciplined and they were physical. So I don't care about the, the glimpse and the glamour. Yeah, you make a splash higher, and we still get our heads beat in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what all the ESPN, you know, also, that's for them to say, oh, this guy's going to Miami. I don't care about that. Give me the guy that's winning, that has a proven track record, that can come in here and we know he can get the job done on those facets. Discipline, develop the talent, winning, and recruiting. I don't care what order you put it in, but give me that guy. Give me him, and you watch what happens in South Florida. You watch, and college football is really is going to be seriously afraid once we get that guy. I don't care if it's Butch. I don't care if it's Mario. I don't care who it is. 
long as they follow that blueprint. Period. That's all. I think that's all. All of us want. If I can speak for all University of Miami fans, I think that's that's what we all want. You know what I'm saying? We're tired of ducking our heads, or we're tired of not getting into the college football conversations amongst amongst friends because our team looks so bad. We're, we're tired of that, or we're tired of saying, "Well, you know, next year's our year," or "Yeah, because Al Gordon sucks, so next year's our." Now we're tired of that. We don't want that no more. So for the university, yeah, you got a search committee. All right, that's cool. You're willing to spend money. That's fine. But spend it in the right place. Don't spend it on some some uh, splash high bum that's going to come in here and give us another five another five years of mediocrity. When you To me, you got the perfect candidate right there in your face, Mr. BD. You got the perfect candidate that can get this thing right. You know, everything that shine is in gold. Remember that. The grass, everything that shine is not gold. So you want to go out here and you want to get your quote-unquote splash higher. Everybody you name, everybody that's on that list except Minus Butch, name one that has recruited better talent than Butch Davis. Matter of fact, name a college coach right now that has recruited better talent than Butch Davis. That's playing right, that's coaching college football right now, and you throw Nick Saban in there as well. Yeah, you I mean, you can't, find, you, you can't find it. Exactly. Because, you okay, you say Nick Saban, who, 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 more likely they're going to say who? They're going to say Julio Jones, right? They're going to say Julio Jones, or they're going to say maybe Mark Ingram, or maybe Marcel Darius, and all I'm going to say is Sean Taylor, Ed Reed, you know what I'm saying, Kellen Winslow, Jeremy Shockey. That discuss, that kills the discussion right there. Andre Johnson, that dis, that destroys that conversation. Then I'm saying next. I mean, look, you, you're talking about a guy who's recruited 35 first-round draft picks and put 122 players into the NFL in his in his exactly in his head coaching career, which really isn't that many years deep. So I mean, yeah, his his, his he's got a proven track record of recruiting and developing talent. There's no doubt about it. But he's 64 years old. He had NCAA issues at at North Carolina that he has to answer for. He he's got a he's got a reputation for being a liar that a lot of people at, at the university don't like. And so that's what's standing in his way right now. I understand all that, but what college, what college coach don't lie? That well, didn't stop Alabama from hiring, that didn't stop Alabama from hiring Nick Saban. Yeah. I mean, you that, and I, that, that, you that, know, didn't, we, that didn't, that didn't stop university of Florida or Ohio state from hiring Urban Meyer. All college coaches do it. They yeah. lie. Oh, I'm not going here. Then the next day, they they board an apply a private jet to an NFL facility or to another college college campus. It happens. I'm not saying that it has to be Butch. I'm not saying it has to be Butch. It just has to be the right guy. Don't have to be the splash hire. Don't got to be the you know what I'm saying the prom queen. No. Yeah, because the prom queen is pretty. But her personality is 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 whack, and she and she's dumb. She can't hold a conversation. So 
after a while, the beauty one, after a while, you get tired of a beauty, like, yo, you can't even hold a conversation with her. Same thing. After after all the hoopla is over, over the splash higher, and it's time for them to put together a staff and get down with these X's and O's, now, what what are you working with? And you roll out next September, first game of the season, and you get you get 35 hung up on you. Now it's like, oh, my God, we about to go through the same thing. Just get the right guy. Don't got to be the prettiest guy. Just get the right guy. But just make sure he can do it. He can recruit. He can develop talent. He can win. He's a winner. And he, and he, and he can have discipline. And he has to walk in. That Whoever the coach is has to do this. When he's hired, he walks into that first team meeting with, with, with the team, let them know, hey, the buck stops here. All that BS y'all used to do and got away with, it stops here. Because I'm, I'm, the, I'm the coach that's going to look for your scholarship because I'm going to win with you, and I know I can win without you. So the choice is yours. It really is not your choice. Your play is going to dictate if you remain a hurricane or not. Period. And to that other caller, I forgot which one it was, but I totally agree with him how these players are allowed to to make mistakes and no coaches rip them for for nothing they do. You know, you 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 know, you got to put that fear in them. Like, yo, if I mess up or do a stupid play, I may not play the rest of the game. I mean, Stacy Coley, and I and I like Stacy Coley the player, but he caught a he caught that pass the other day. I think it was his first catch of the game. Taunts the guy, gets the 15-yard penalty, comes to the bench for one play and is back on the field the next play. Yeah, that can't happen. No. That can't happen. You know, that was, you know, and I know we don't want to, you know, we always go back to that, but that's what we, that's all we had is the, the pass. So if that was Butch, Stacy would have been done for the day. Like, now sit down and think about it, son. Sit down and think about it. You know, but all in all, Jerry, I'm about to go so you can put me a hole. But all I got to say is, man, we just need to get the right guy, you know, and get the right guy. It don't really have to be a splash high, but just get the right guy that we know that can help bring our program back to the top. And you see Tyron, uh, Mr. Gray got some carries this week, Gary. Put me a hole. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, yeah, he yeah. got some carries. He looked okay on one carry or whatever, but did you see what happened on that kickoff return? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I, I keep mean, telling you, know, I, Gary, this kid, this I, I kid mean, is not but, ready I mean, to play. He's not ready I mean, to play. But you, but you know what, Gary, honestly, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, the first, the, the, look, the two backs that's ahead of him, they're not that, they not that much better. Well, year B I mean, looks I to me, year B is starting to look slower and slower to me every week. I think, I think hey, he, he's just, he's showing the wear and tear of the season at this point. Exactly, you know what I'm saying. So I'm like, you might as well get him some carries, or uh, get him some touches. I mean, you know, inactivity, you're gonna you're gonna fumble the ball. You're not out there. You get pressed. You, you know, you it's gonna happen. I mean, just to do some carries. I mean, I mean, the season's over. We ain't playing for nothing. The season's well, that, over. It looks like that's the attitude they have too, because they did they got him a couple carries last week. So yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it can't hurt. And going into spring ball. He has another opportunity to prove himself. 
But Gary, you have a good night. Um, just keep me on hold so I can listen to the rest of the uh, rest of the brothers that come on. All right, Deep Black. Thanks for being part of the show. Kane. As as always, let's go out to the eight five zero. I think he was meant to give Kane Kane or somebody a shout out, but I cut him off. But anyway, let's go out to the eight five zero. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How's it going, Gary? It's going. Who's this? Omar. What's up, Omar? What you got for us? Oh man, just just listening on to the show, man. Uh, just want to rewind uh, that game. Oh, it was awful, man. It was like Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Just <laughs> watching that, man. It was it was sad to watch that. Um, yeah. Another thing, uh, Coach D, man. He made a statement, and I saw one of your uh, one of your uh, articles. Where he was saying that we could have won, we should have won more games if uh, we would have executed better. That was like one of the weakest lines I ever could, and I felt like that was throwing a little shade to the players, saying if we could have executed better. Like he just, he just sad, man. I'm ready for him to go, but um, <laughs> as far as the the coaching. I think I think we may it, it may end up being being Charlie Strong with with what you I've been listening to you what you the 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 middleman situation makes the situation even more a possibility with the new company that they're gonna hire for you know the the look for the the uh, do the search and like you were saying uh, I think he, he may come because if they can get. Texas can get out of that contract. That makes them feel okay. We can move on and don't have to pay all this money. And he can go about his way, and we can find somebody else. And it's better for Charlie Strong because if we look at what he has defensively there versus him, it makes sense to for him. Like it makes perfect sense if you look at his roster and look at what he he already has here. You know, not even what what would come after the fact that they feel you know everyone all the recruits figure out that he's gonna be here, so it makes perfect sense. But I I really don't care who 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 it is. I, I just want to be someone that know has a plan, like has a plan and ready to make a make action. He and better have a plan. <laughs> Yeah, it better be yeah, a, it better yeah. be a long plan too. This program needs yeah, yeah. make. Yeah, and as for another thing for um the coaches, man, Coley, I think something that everybody has not said yet, like nobody gets on Coley. Nobody says, man, what what was that? And it seems like because it, because it, it's not his fault. it seems I mean, like the talent overtrumps the they're the, moving the ball up and down the field and then these knuckleheads they don't line up properly they get they get motion penalties well, you know I, it, it's it's, like, it's hard to blame who's that blame on the guy when that goes to red it's like who's to blame when when the offense really goes to red and it's and sometimes it, it doesn't look like Cody's fault because like you say the offense be moving and then they'll do a, a dumb play, a, a, a personal foul, or is something that's just shooting themselves in the foot and it's a dead end drive from there. It's like they, they'll go all the way up the field, get one penalty, and that penalty just hunts the whole drive and that's it. 
Man, I just think I don't I don't know. It's just something need to change with that. And well, I feel they're not, for, they're not a very for, resilient resilient team. They're not they're not for they're not very resilient yeah, when something yeah, bad yeah. happens. Like if they and get that, a penalty that, if it's third and two and they get a penalty, you gotta be able to convert that third and seven and erase that mistake and that's what they're not very good at. Yeah, and that and that comes from attitude with with just the head coach on down. And that resilience. Like you, that comes from the head coach. That's why we have to hire somebody that brings that attitude. Uh, I I don't want a friendly coach. I don't want the, a guy that just look like he used to roll. I want that guy that's gonna bring that attitude and gonna bring that fire to make these guys move. Like to get to come get through to them because right now it, it's it's not happening, and you see it's not happening, and it's just um it's sad to see these players. Keep going years after years after years. Like it's a decade of wasted talent, wasted talent that we don't waste it. And like that is never. It's not getting. It's not. It's like we. You got all these this talent, and it's it's going to waste. And it's not. It's it's just gone. And there's no championships, no nothing after all these years of all these coaches we done went through. So it's like, and other teams that ain't going through this. Florida State ain't going through this. Like, I, there's so many teams that even when they were going through this, they didn't go through it this long. Like, this has been a long 10 years. But uh, I, I'm not going to keep it too long. Another thing, I feel bad for Kaya. I hope whoever the offense coordinator comes in is, you know, I hope they can work, that, that, that works together because I hate to see, you know, he got recruited by Coley, of course, and whoever come in that just don't mush, and he's a waste, you know, for for coming here. And I hate I hate that that to be because you know he has to come here, and we could have been doing way worse without him, you know. So uh, people say a lot about him, but I, it is a pleasure to have him because he is a great player, but it's just not all the way around him. Correct, you know, but that's all I got to say. I ain't gonna keep it too long. I'm gonna let all the other callers get on. You got it, man. Thank, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Um, let's go now to the seven oh six. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Mister Gary, what's going on? This is Sebastian, man. I've been away for about three weeks, Gary. I got a lot to say to you. Go ahead, man. You got the hey, floor. Okay, there's a couple of things I wanted to point out to you. We were talking. You were talking about a splash hour. I'll tell you a splash hour, John Gruden. Oh, my God. Don't my t- don't that, take us back there. My, no. That, he had, his shot. He had his shot the last time, okay? We're not giving I, him the shot this time. Next. I, well, you, 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 you just got to get over it, Gary. But that would be a splash hire. I, I've never not been over it. I just I don't like the way he played Kirby Hocutt last time, and he doesn't deserve the University of Miami's time of day. Well, you know, the thing about Kirby is Kirby had his own vested interest. I'll tell you this. I applaud Blake James for what he's doing because I really think he's really invested into uh, the coach he's going to hire because he's going to be marked by the person who's going to get ready to hire. So I'll tell you the kind of coach we need to hire. We need to hire a coach that has an idea of what championship-level football is like. I'll give you a prime example. Jim McElwain got to Florida. Cleaned house. The AD identified which coach he wanted to get. They're going to the SEC championship game. 
in their first year. I know. Is that, a, is that not a successful hire? Yeah, it's a successful hire. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about. If we're going to hire a coach, we got to hire – you know, I was really, really sold on Butch Davis, but I understand why there's feelings of not doing it. But whoever you hire as a coach has to be a coach that has championship pedigree, someone who can walk in and talk to the kids and make them believe that they have the potential of reaching that level of excellence in football. And Jim McElwain is a perfect example. He was at Alabama. He won two national championships. He, Because I'm in Colorado right now. He went to Colorado State. You saw he was successful at Colorado State. And in one year, last year this time, Florida was going through what we're going through right now. And this year, they're going to the SEC championship game. So in the next, when I call after we hire our next coach, I want you to just remember this conversation that whoever we hire has to be a coach that has championship-level pedigree. I'll give you another example. Mark D'Antonio got the job at Michigan State the year that Ohio State played Miami in the Fiesta Bowl for the championship. And he's been successful at Michigan State, a coach with championship pedigree. And so if I had to pick a coach who I think can take us there, that is why my preferred candidate has switched over the last couple of weeks to probably Cristobal. And the reason why I say I think Cristobal can do it is because he understands the culture that Miami has down there. We got athletes in South Florida that knows how to play. The problem is they're playing football elsewhere. They're playing football at Auburn and Alabama and Tennessee and Ohio State. I mean, shoot, if we can just keep those kids right there, We'll be successful. Florida State would not be anything if they didn't have Dalvin Cook. They're at least three, four losses if they don't have him. So those are the kind of coaches that we need to have, championship-level pedigree. Now, do you have any objection if Mario Cristobal was hired? Would that be a splash hire to you? I don't know that you would call it a splash hire, but, no, I don't have any objections to him getting the job. I, and, 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 not and, at all. I don't think you would call that a splash Higher, but I, I I think I would be fine with it. I would say it's an it's an okay hire, and I think he would have a, do a very good job if he I hired good coordinator he, with him. He would do. I think he would do a decent job if he hired the right coordinator. And we need to be realistically expect that you know we're probably not going to be there. Maybe like next year. Maybe not next year. But in two three years, I can see where Miami can completely turn around and be a successful football team. But the point that I really want to kind of drive home is, you know, I'm not beating these kids up anymore. I was really ticked with Stacey Coley and the penalty that he got. But, you know, we have to understand that we had a coaching staff that was in place that didn't know how to evaluate talent, didn't know how to manage talent. We had a coach who, who threw his whole entire coaching career away by not wanting to fire his defensive coordinator. I'll give you another prime example. Larry Fedora had a really sorry week North Carolina football team. He fired his defensive coordinator and got Gene Chizik, and they lead the ACC in defense this year. Now, is that not a, a correct course correction that we could yeah. have easily made that we failed to do? Yep. You know, I don't know if the other football family know, my, my Kane's football family know that, but that's what he did. He fired his defensive coordinator, hired yep. Gene Chizik, who won a national championship at Auburn but wasn't too successful, 
fix the defense in one year, we could be there. That's where Miami could have been if we would have changed it. We're game. We're going into game what nine or ten, and can't stop the option. What juniors and seniors on our football team? How many busts did we have? So I'm not trying to rehash all of that. The point I'm trying to make, and like I said, I've been waiting two weeks. I'm so glad you called on me because I wanted to make that point. You don't like John Gruden? Okay, I, you got your reasons for it. But I want to pin my statement that the coach we need to hire has to be a coach with championship-level pedigree. If you never made it to a BCS bowl game, if you never made it to the Super Bowl, if you never played for a national championship, Charlie Strong, we don't need those kind of coaches down here. That's not going to get us there. But you need a coach who can walk in the door and say, look, it's going to be my way or the highway. If you do it my way, I've been there before. I can get you there. That's the kind of coach I'm going to be sitting in some some South Florida kids' living room talking to their plan saying, look, it worked here at Alabama. It worked here at Auburn. It worked here when I played, you know, for the New England Patriots or what other team that's won a championship of any type of, of any kind. That's the one that's going to get me over the hump. I'll call you back and tell you what I think about the coach that we hired, but I just want to pin the mark that it needs to be a coach that has championship-level pedigree. What are your thoughts about it? Just keep me on hold. Well, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, 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 but I think, you know, championship-level pedigree, I mean, only so many guys have won championships, so that might be a tough bill to fill or, you know, however you want to put it. Um, but – but if they're going to go out. Winning. That's what Blake James is saying. He said we're committed to winning. That's what you got to look. I mean, look at Pete Carroll. He goes from USC, win a championship, and he takes Seattle, and they win championships. Yeah, but there's got to be two. There's got to be, you know, both sides got to want to play. You know, it's easy to say Pete Carroll. It's easy to say John Gruden or whoever, but they got to want to come play ball. And, you know, right now we don't know who that guy is. We just know that there's a willingness to go out and look for that guy, and there's a willingness to pay him. And uh, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm just trying right to make now, the point. Happens, I'm, just, I'm, just trying to, yeah. I'm just trying to pin that point because Butch Davis was a primary example who won championships with the Cowboys and got here, and guess what he did? Yeah. He turned the whole South football program around. Yeah, I mean, look, listen, this thing can go anywhere. You know, it's a waiting game right now. Just like just like the song I played at the beginning of the show, we're sitting in limbo. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, are. We are. We're sitting in limbo. I don't know how the hell I found I that song. I, I, I really don't, but we well, are you know sitting in every, every time I think of therapy, I think about your show, Gary, because this is what it is. It's therapy for us. Hey, but keep me on hold, but I just you want to it, remember man. that, you know, I'm going to come back and talk to you after we hire a coach, and we'll talk about the championship level pedigree, and we'll see where we go from there. But keep me on hold. I enjoy the show, man. You got it, man. Fair enough. Thanks for being part of it. Let's go to the 484. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, it's Philly. What's up, Philly? How you doing this week? Hey, doing good, man. Doing good. I had a um, correction on what uh, the caller said, the last caller. Um, D'Antonio actually left Ohio State and went to Cincinnati before he went to uh, Michigan State. So he actually cut his teeth um, Cincinnati first before Ohio State. And then yep. um, Charlie Strong Charlie Strong also won a championship as part of a Meyer stand. So, um, you know, I don't know if he was like, saying Charlie Strong didn't have to change the pedigree because he didn't win a title. He actually Great point. did. He won, he won a part of uh, Aaron Meyer stand. Aaron Meyer actually got some good coaching besides Charlie Strong 
We got Dan Mullins. We got um, Eric Winters, who's the head coach. We got Rick, the coach at now. And you have um, um, Doc Holliday and Marshall. But again, to my point, um, I think I think in terms of you talk about splash hire, there's actually two coaches that are coaching right now in Texas, and um, neither one of them is actually Charlie Strong. Um, I think if you're looking for if you're looking for the, the, the new kid on the block splash hire, the guy who is who's doing the thing like like, a, like Brian Kelly did at Cincinnati, like Dan Turner did at Cincinnati, like you know Urban Meyer did at Utah, is it, Tom Herman. You know he the dude's been successful pretty much wherever he's been. He put together the staff. He's shown that he can recruit at a high level. He's shown he can put his staff together at a high level, and you know he's he's been showing what he can do, and he's like that that, that guy that. The new kid on the block. The other splash hire, who I think no one's really talking about, and, and who Miami could target um, with this search firm, is actually Kevin Sub- Kevin Sumlin. Because um, I think it was Mike Sparrow actually wrote a, actually had an like, article in Three Point Stance where he talked about Kevin Sumlin like actually meeting meeting to get out of uh, Texas A&M, and um, you know how. Yeah, but but you know, you know what? Kevin, like if, Kevin Sumlin. But Kevin, well, let me finish. Kevin Sumlin actually, he actually, Randy actually tried to hire him as his OC back when he first got the job. But they just something happened with the money. He couldn't pull it off. And then when we actually fired Randy, um, Kevin Sumlin actually had interest along with Dan Mullen in coming to Miami. Miami didn't want, didn't want, didn't want to um, um, interview him at the time. But I think at this time, because right now there's like a lot of this like turmoil going on uh, with him. And Texas A&M, you know, for him being in the SEC West with Alabama, LSU, and all those, all those guys, he has a QB controversy with Kyle Allen and Kyler um, Sumner, uh, or Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray right now. So there's a controversy going on there. So he has a lot of like, you know, a lot of stuff going on um, with him. So I think it will definitely be a splash hire with Miami because one, he brings a exciting brand of offense. Two, he recruits at a high level. And he can, and he will basically command the respect of a lot of the high school coaches um, in South Florida, especially with the offense he runs. And he recruits nationally. You know, that's, that's something that we had to look at with this hire. I mean, I think we get caught up in getting Charlie Strong because he, you know, can bring in, you know, lockdown South Florida. But at the end of the day, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Erickson, and Bush Davis, they were able to grab guys from across the country. You know, DJ Williams from California – a Bernie Kosar, you know, or even like a um, Russell Maryland out of, out of like Chicago. You know, you got Kevin Sumlin, he's grabbing uh, a Kyle Allen, a five-star quarterback out of Arizona. He's grabbing, you know, Christian Kirk, five-star receiver out of Arizona. He's grabbing Speedy, Speedy Noel, five-star receiver out of Louisiana. So he can, so you get somebody like that and he can bring, say, you know, John Chiefs with him. And I don't know if Miami's really serious about investing the money and staff. But he brings John Chavis, you know, with him. And John Chavis, you see what he can do with the type of athletes when he could decide at LSU. Imagine what he could do, you know, with the athletes he would get down here in Miami with, the, you know, with the defensive uh, secondary linebackers and things of that nature. So I think those are, you know, two guys, you know, looking for the splash hires and this search firm is actually going to do their job. Those are two guys you actually have to, you know, have to, have to look at it and come back to Miami and, and, and give and give them. And Miami's serious about making that splash higher. Those are your two guys right there. And I know I put that Charlie Strong and, and, and Tom Herndon probably be the uh, the bottom line guys who they will probably decide between. But I think if you're looking for a splash higher, those are your two candidates. 
Well, I don't think Tom Herman's experienced enough to be called a splash hire, but you look at his resume, and he, I mean, he's a hell of a football coach. He really is, and uh, I don't know if he, you know, he just doesn't have enough experience. When you're talking about coming into Miami and all the things that the coach of Miami has to deal with and do, I, I just, you know, obviously he can call offensive plays. But you can hire a good offensive coordinator to do that. I just think that the job description down here might be a little bit too much for a guy like Tom Herman at, at this stage of his career. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. But I do think, I agree, he's going to get consideration, no doubt about it. Well, I mean, but you, but you, but you look at what he's done at, at Houston. I mean, this I mean, is a guy, and, you know, you look at his, at his career. Yeah, path, but he, inher- he inherited him, what he has and, in Houston. Remember that. Yeah, but that's a thing. That doesn't mean he can recruit. But wait a minute. Let me just qualify something. It doesn't mean he can recruit. It doesn't mean he can discipline. It doesn't mean that he has complete understanding of what it takes to run a program in Miami. You know, there's a lot to it. It's a lot more than just calling a, a, a good offensive game. You know, you can hire guys to do that. The thing about it is his coordinator is actually made for Applewhite. Who was Nick Saban's coordinator for about a year until uh, Matt Brown called him. So, I, so actually, Major Applewhite is actually the one calling. The, I mean, it's Tom Herman's offense, but Major Applewhite is actually the one that's calling that that um that offense at Houston. Just like Todd Orlando is calling a defense. And you know, who's to say like like who's to say Butch Davis knew what it took to be the um the head coach of Miami, or or Jimmy Johnson for that matter. You know, who's to say Urban Meyer leaving Utah. You know, coming from Utah to Florida, we would say he knew how to handle the Florida program. This is a, I mean, I remember when they, when they announced him going to Utah, Florida. Yeah, but at least like, the oh, Urban Meyer had been a head coach, coach for really? a while. He'd but been he a head coach. He was in Utah for like two years. He was in Utah for, he was at Baltimore for two years, and Utah for two years. So he's a kid combined like four years uh, at, at lower tier schools. I mean, I mean, one thing you look at when you look at head coaches, you look at guys who have, been successful, whether they were defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, or head coaches at different venues. You know, like Bob Stoop. Bob Stoop's the only defensive coordinator at, at um, Kansas State, and then he went to Oklahoma, uh, Florida under Steve Spurrier for like two years, and then he got the Oklahoma job. You know, so you look, you look at these guys. I mean, you look at D'Antonio. D'Antonio only spent two years that he left. Um, D'Antonio left um, Ohio State in 03. He only spent two seasons at uh, Cincinnati before he got the Michigan State gig. So, I mean, you got – so, you, I mean, you look at the career path of these guys. You, yeah, you know what? How, you're making how, a, you, you're, you're, I, I got to admit, you're making a when, – when you go and you look at Urban Meyer, you're, you're, when it applies to him, you're making a very good point. He, he did only have four years as a coach. But but that's still that's still different than one. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think – you know, they're looking at, I mean, one thing, like, like looking at a guy like, say, Chad Morris, who goes to SMU, and you look at what he put together his staff, you can see the difference between him and Tom Herman. You know, Chad Morris was a great offensive coordinator at Clemson. Do I trust him with, with the head coaching job at Miami? No, because, one, I look at his staff, and he did put together the, the right staff I thought he would put together. And, two, you know, he's not showing the same type of success. You know, he inherited. He, truth be told, um, Chad Morris at SMU inherited a roster that fit more his scheme than Tom Herman did when he got the Houston job. That Houston team was like only averaging like 37 points a game, and they went eight, they went seven and five in the regular season 
before he got there. They started the season three and three. They were actually two and three um, that Houston squad last year. I mean, they were pretty much trash. Like, I mean, they weren't like like Miami, how bad we are this year. But they weren't. They were like a, a trashy team last year. And he's taking somebody else's players. He's molded them into his own squad. He's making them like a tenant old squad right now. I mean, that's something that you can't. I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, he was it was, it was a squad where Kevin Sumlin was there. Kevin Sumlin left and went to Pennsylvania now, and that's how Herman came in and took over Kevin Sumlin's players. Or like Brian Kelly, or Brian Kelly took over Cincinnati when Dan Antonio left. But this is so somebody where the head coach actually got kicked out because he sucked. Like Tom Levine sucked. His squad was like seven and five. Started the year three and three, and now you had you, Tom Herman took a receiver. He took a receiver, Greg Ward, and turned him into a successful AAAC quarterback. And then he got he gets hurt, and then he takes the backup and he beats Memphis. You know, Justice Winter, one of the top, other other ones of the top teams, who took down Ole Miss with a backup quarterback. I mean, this dude, this dude recruited at a hot. I mean, he recruited J.T. Barrett to over Ohio State. He recruited um, Gibson from American Heritage. He recruited Johnny Dixon from Dwyer before he left to go to Houston. You know, he recruited a five-star kid Mike, Mike Mitchell out of Texas. I mean, he recruits at a high level. And he's around himself. He learned. Like the caller said beforehand, he learned how to recruit and how to develop at a championship level from being under Urban Meyer. But before that, he was successful at other venues, like Rice, like Ohio, Iowa State. So he was not just a product of Urban Meyer. He learned how to be a champion under Urban, but he was successful at different venues, like like past coaches, like Bob Stoops was, like, a, um, like, like other coaches who were successful at different venues. But I mean, besides that, I mean, I think I think you know, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you go. So that you get the callers and put me on hold. But besides that, I think those two coaches, my uh, Tom Herman and Kevin Sumlin, those are. I mean, it, Kevin Sumlin probably be the bigger splash hire. I think if he brings Mike Chavis or um, Jonathan with him, that would be great. He also recruits, you know, at a national level as well. And he can, I think, he can lock down Florida with a lot of athletes. But I think if they can't do that, Tom Herman would get that would be a better bet. Well, thanks for your time, man. Great show. Let's keep me on hold. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Yeah, I don't know, man. I struggle a little bit about Tom Herman. I mean, clearly a, a, a very, very, very good football coach. And, um, you know, we can go over his resume a little bit if you guys want, you know, a little later in the show here or later in, the, in this final hour. But uh, I just still wonder, a guy who's only been a head coach for, what, like eight months or something, you know, whether that guy is going to be ready to come be the head coach at the University of Miami, a job that is just so involved and is is so much more than just coaching football. You know, we'll see. Let's go out now to the 757. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, this is Kane Kane. My man, Charles, said he met you. He sent me a picture of him. I tried. Damn, I tried, but it didn't work out for me. <laughs> it didn't work. And uh, shout out to Black. I took care of him in that $25 for his son. He was saying something before he hung up. But besides all that, man, I ain't even got a whole lot. I'm just going to break it down. Fire every damn by. Every damn by. You can't keep one ounce of that trash on the sideline. I'm sorry. I don't mean to call them people that. They got families and they got to get fed to. I understand. But no, to change the culture, that means to change everything, if I'm not correct. That's what I always been told. You got to start from the bottom up. 
I believe we got a winning program as of right now. But the kids don't look it. Like you said, Carolina, throwing up use, putting down use, the defense, looking terrible. Oh, yeah, let me help you out. Go ahead and get me. My man said you're a child, so you're going to eat me up. Yeah, great fun with the ball. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. No problem. You say he ain't ready, but I tell you what, it don't make no damn business. Everybody going to fight for that job next year. Everybody. And I tell you what, trust and believe me, if he ain't in the top two, I, I won't even call you no more. I got my money on great. Even though it's the second stream where he ran the ball and put a touchdown and drove the guy, that's fine. One more thing. The call about three callers back, besides these black, Kyrie didn't make an attempt for that ball game. I know it went wide right, but he didn't even go wide left. He didn't even make an attempt to get the ball. Does he got it in this game? Does he have this game? Does he have that it factor? It still remains to be seen. And like you said, they threw him in the fire early, but – yeah, and, 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 and look, and he's been getting the crap kicked out of him. I mean, this offensive line is a comedy act, okay? Yeah, I, I mean, Kai is getting killed. Killed. It's terrible. Terrible. And like you said, you've been looking slower, and everybody's just frustrated as hell, basically. Who cares if we go to a boat? Toilet boat, the wish watch boat, we can go to the Gary Furman boat. Hell, I might come see that. But as a man, don't nobody really care. I'm going to watch the game with Georgia Tech. You made a good point. We can't stop the option when it ain't even an option team. How the hell are we going to stop an option team that is an option team like Georgia Tech? Beats the crap out of me. And if anybody want to leave us, they stupid. The ones that got to go Bush, I think Bush should go third or maybe second man. I like the way he is a the album. Coley, you better say. We know uh, Artie, uh, I mean, uh, Burns, I'm hurt. Burns, yeah, he's going out. He ain't got no choice. He, you know, he lost his mom. He need to do this for his family. He got his brother. Two brothers, or brother and a sister, something like that. Yeah, I, I respect his easy, but Grace, where you going? You won't get picked up. And anybody else think they're that good, they better stay there. Because if you think about Tommy Streeter, and I still get stitched in the stomach. If Streeter would have just stayed one more year, I think he would have been fine. He jumped ship and ain't been nowhere lately. He goes here, he goes there. Sometimes you just can't make that move because this is Miami. Yeah, it ain't the Miami of old. So everybody ain't looking at y'all like that. So don't get it twisted. You ain't the Alabama's of the world. You know what I mean, buddy? But other than that, what you think? You think you can keep anybody there? Come on, man. I know you don't think you can keep anybody. I'll be surprised if more than one guy is kept. And, and you know, that would just be to be a bridge. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I'll be very surprised. I mean, I, even you beat down, Gary. You, you know, you did your part for four or five years and trying to make it not to be as bad as it was. And you, you did say it is as bad as it was. You did your part, but now it's just to the point where it's like, throw your hands up. And when I saw that article with Coach D today, I almost tripped out. I wish we could have won more games. Baby, you should have never say that. What in the world are you going to say that? <laughs> you know what? He, he'll do good in high school. Oh, we got a couple schools down here in Hammer Road there. Okay? Yes, we will. But he got to get the going on from out to you. Everybody got to go. <laughs> Clean house. I ain't trying to hold it. Oh, yeah. Now about this knockout high, Jerry, you know what? Even you said it. You don't need a knockout high. You need the guy. Because yeah. look, what, look what Texas did. They figured, I mean, yeah, Charlie Strong, he's a bad boy. But the chemistry won't there from the jump. It's a whole lot of factors to play into this Texas mess, but we ain't going to get into that. So he's not doing good. I don't need that splash out. B.O.T., but you listen to me. I ain't nobody. Go ahead and get Bush's job. Let the fans suffer. Because if you don't win, and a damn thing nobody can say that wanted Bush. Three years up the road, if we six to seven, and the BOTs can be like, "Well, they can shut up now. Now we get who they ever wanted to." Either one, two, three, putting pie. I got to fly. 
keep you on hold. See you next time the game. Enjoy the game. <laughs> All right, Kane Kane. Thanks as always for being part of the show. Wow. He wore me out there. Man, he 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 he's a fast talking dude. All right, let's go to the four oh four. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's good, man? It's everybody's kid that loves to hate Ukiyo 8. And I want to give a shout-out to that hater out there, D-Black. I'm just messing with you, bro. I had to get you back for a couple of uh, shows back. But anyway, uh, Gary, you know, since you let all the crybabies go, I'm going to go ahead and just – I just want to just keep it real. And, you know – Honestly, I've you know, I sit back and I look at a lot of things. Everybody wanna talk about the higher, splash higher this and splash higher that. I think things won't change until we get some players that actually take accountability. And you know, we all like to love to praise these South Florida kids. Oh, these South Florida kids are so great. These South Florida kids are this. These South Florida kids are the toughest because they come from Carroll City and Overtown and blah, 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 blah. Maybe that might have been in the 80s and the early 90s, but these South Florida kids of today are some complete punks. I mean, we're sitting here talking about getting the right coach because we want to cuddle some kids are supposedly tough and from the hood and all this other crap. But there's no loyalty. You know what I mean? Like, at least the Texas kids will, if they're not going to UT, they'll go to A&M or they go to Texas Tech. I can respect a kid if they was going to, going to Florida or they was going to Florida State. These kids ain't got no loyalty for their backyard, period. So it don't matter who you get. They still going to want you to kiss their ass. They going to still talk about showing love. And, yes, every recruit wants to be uh, pampered and all that stuff. I get that. But South Florida kids are about – and this is what we're seeing. What, what was said at the beginning of the season that we got rid of the me players, right, Gary? Uh, yeah, I mean – That's what they said. The, yeah, the, the, the said me that. players. But, but now we looking, it seems like the me players are still on the team. They don't quit. The coaches too. So my, yeah, my whole I, my whole I, I thing. Don't is, that simple, you know. It, I don't know, man. It, it's it's hard. But to Gary, I, but Gary, this is my whole thing, man. This is my whole thing. Even the players back in the day, you know, regardless of the coaches, I think those guys took some accountability for what was going on the field. It wasn't just uh, the the coaches kicking their ass. I think they was kicking each other's ass and. It's just not that. It's not like that now. The culture is totally different. Not just in Miami, but just college football. Period. But until you get those type of players who tired of getting their ass kicked, who tired of the fans jumping on their ass, who tired of the opposing players throwing use down in front of their face, you're gonna still have the same problem. And I'm from South Florida myself. I'm not putting the South Florida players down, but the proof the, the proof is too many people cuddle these kids instead of just telling them the truth. You know what I mean? You 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 want to cut them and say it's not your fault. Yes, the coaching is bad, but some of those those players need to take accountability too for what's been going on in this field and what's going on for these past four or five years. Period. I mean, we just it's just the mentality is just totally different from the '80s and '90s and early 2000s. These players just don't have that toughness like that, and and it's just the overall culture because people want to cut at these players. They're supposed to be from the hood. They're supposed to be so tough, but they act like little females. And I I understand these are kids, but at the end of the day, they 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 you know what I'm saying that's how they act. You know what I mean? When it comes when it comes when you you're supposed to be so tough, you're supposed to be so this and that. Where, where, where is the toughness? Where is the toughness? Forget the coach. Where's your heart? 
Where is where is where does your heart lay at? And when you put on that uniform and you see the players that came before you and you see all the effort that they put in it, you should be ashamed of what you're doing out there. But I understand these kids don't get all of that. They don't, don't recognize, they don't realize all that stuff that happened back in the day. But this is my thing, man. I don't care who, who the coach is, you know what I'm saying? If they don't get the players with the right mentality in them, it's never going to change, period. You got to get some winners in there. You got to get some guys that are hungry. You know what I'm saying? Not just to get on TV and put on a jersey and say, well, maybe I'll make a few plays. Maybe I'll get, I get to catch out of the NFL players. Because let's just face it, man. That's all, they, that's all they're playing for right now. You got guys out there playing not to get hurt. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they turn into me guys. And that's and, it, and that just go to show you that the so-called me guys are still here. And one of the ones that got rid of it last year, those guys, those so-called me guys, they play, they hard out. Dude, play hurt. And he was supposed to be some of the, one of the so-called me, me guys. So my whole thing is, man, these players need to take some accountability too. And I, I just want these guys to just toughen up, man. Serious, 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 just toughen up. And, I, and I mean, that's, that's what we need right now. You know, I know the season's over. The season is a wash. You know what I'm saying? We ain't playing for nothing and all that. You know what I mean? You got you, you to gotta send these seniors out the right way. You know what I mean? You don't want to see them out with a bad note. So let's. I mean, we want to see. We want to see that. Want to see some. See some heart. The last few games, man. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I ain't worrying about the coach. The the, the new coach right now. I want to see what these kids made of, man. These last few games. I want to see if they gonna really roll over, or they just gonna man up. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, Gary, uh, thank you for taking my call, and I'll holler at you next week. Keep, you keep got me it, hope. Thanks, as always, for being part of the show. Let's go out to the 702. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, twice. All right, you'll have to call back. Let's go to the 870, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary? Go ahead. That's you. Oh, okay. This is uh, this is Lemuel. This is Lemuel from Arkansas, first-time caller. I've enjoyed hey, the welcome. show so far. Um, it's a list of things I guess I wanted to uh, to add or ask. Um, my first thing is about the style of play of the coaches that are being considered. I really feel like that's an important factor. Uh, I know we talked about Chip Kelly. I think he'll be wonderful because you, if you install a system that fits what skill set is in South Florida, I think it will be explosive. I know someone mentioned Mike Gundy earlier. He was like, no, no, no. But if you put Mike Gundy with the athletes in South Florida in that offensive system, you're going to have a big, a big time, big time scoring team. So uh, you know, a lot of times we look at coaches and we say, "No, nah, I don't want him. No, nah, I don't want that." But if you look and see what type of style do they have and what type of athletes you have and how it fits, I think that could be you know great success there. Uh, another thing. Um, Gary, I'm on your board, you know, all the time, and we talk about coaches with experience and this and that. Uh, may I ask you, what was Jimbo Fisher doing before he got to Florida State? Well, he was at LSU for a while. I mean, Jimbo Fisher was a very, experienced, a very right? experienced guy. Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator at LSU, and then he went to Florida State to be the offensive coordinator and coach in waiting. So by the time he got the head coaching job, he was a very experienced coach. But he wasn't a head coach before that, right? Uh, no, he was not. Okay, so he's been successful. Dabo Sweeney, what was he doing before he got the Clemson head coach job? You're right. He was not he was a head coach. He was the coordinator at Clemson. Yep. Okay. 
Jim McElwain, people are talking about, oh, what great job he's done. I went to look up his record. He's 22 and 16 in Colorado State. Not bad, not saying he did a bad job, but he wasn't knocking it out the ballpark. You know, Urban Meyer went to Utah and was undefeated. You know, it was obvious. You know, you didn't have a choice to look that off. You know what I mean? So earlier you talked about Splash Highs, and I think you're right. I don't think there is any Splash Highs because I look at the names. Man, you could bring up something negative about each and every one of them. Each and every one of them. I mean, you look at Charlie Strong, this thing in Texas. And the thing that scares me about Charlie, I think Charlie is a good coach, but what scares me about him is that I don't know what his offense is. I really well, don't know what he's doing. That's where he, he screwed up. I said this earlier in the show. That that's where he really screwed up at Texas. He hired a, a, a very average offensive coordinator, and it blew up on him, and he had to fire the guy earlier this year. But you can't – you know, you're firing your OC two games into the season or whatever. I mean, that was just yeah, really a bad that, that's trouble. Um, yeah. I've, I've got I've, – yeah. I've got, you know, a lot of insight into Charlie. I, I've done my homework there, and – you know, I know for a fact that he understands the kind of offensive coordinator he's going to need if he gets this Miami job. And okay. you know, he, he won't. He, I don't think he would make the same mistake again. Okay, okay, because that's the thing that scares me about him. And like no, I said, I don't think he'd go wrong. Guy, and, and he would have the financial commitment from the university to pay that guy, or I don't think he would take the job. Okay, okay. I'm not. I'm not dissing any one of these coaches. I'm gonna tell you the one coach I do not want, and I'm gonna tell you why. And that's Shanzinski. Do not want him. Whenever you have, not not saying he's not a good coach. Whenever I have to question if you want to recruit, you can't even be considered. Can't even. You be cannot considered. be. Con- I, and you I like got to, No, no, no. You got to love recruiting. Nick Saban loves recruiting. You've got to have that desire to love it. He doesn't love it. If he has success in three years. He will not succeed in college. I agree with you. I think he's going back to the NFL if he has any success. He belongs in the NFL. That's what he should say. I just think that this is not for him. But if I go down the list, I think Butch Davis will be – I think he will be good. I'm scared of Butch Davis because of his age. Not necessarily because of his age, but – He's been out of coaching for what, four or five years. I don't know how long. Five. So I kind of five years. Five years. Okay. So yep. I'm kind of scared of that. We could say what he's done. What he did. What is this? Two thousand. It's fifteen years ago. Are we kidding ourselves? Fifteen years ago. Everything that we relate to, we talk about what we did fifteen years ago. A kid, a, a Bush Davis, to walk into a kid's living room. The kids don't even know who he is for crying out loud. Bush Davis went to North Carolina and was 28-22 or 28-23. You know, Fedora's record is better than Bush Davis in North Carolina. Not saying he's a better coach, but everybody's talking about um, Mario and his record. Well, if we go by records, you know, he's fairly average in North Carolina. I heard earlier, I got just two more points. heard earlier people were talking about uh, um, discipline, you know, in-your-face type coaches. You know, another name is Shiano. I mean, that's his staple, is yep. in-your-face type coaches. And I think at Rutgers, people are just looking at record records, but his job that he did at Rutgers, I, listen, I, I'll tell you my age. I'm only 31. Listen, I didn't even know Rutgers was football. I'm just, Rutgers? Are you serious? Rutgers. And he built Rutgers into a winner. So, you know, we can't penalize coaches 
that have take or, taken lesser jobs and then say, oh, your record wasn't this or that. Well, I mean, if you look at it, nobody else probably would do what Shiano did at Rutgers. Nobody else they hired would probably do what he did, you know, if you really look at it from that standpoint. Um, and I have to disagree with one thing about Kaya. I don't know if you were uh, make this statement or not. I like Kaya's talent, his arm talent, all of that. But that it, that leadership, that, hey, we're going to do this. When you look at Kaya, just quiet, you know, standoffs, I know everybody has a different personality, but you cannot, and today you cannot be there as the quarterback. Think about how the team played in North Carolina. They played very passive, subdued, played, you know, lifeless. And that's how Kaya looks all the time. It's a reflection. Somebody said attitude reflects leadership. Well, the quarterback is a leader. The attitude reflected our leader. And I think that you've got to have a quarterback that has some type of fire. I know we don't like Florida State, but Jameis Winston won Florida State about four games by himself last year. Because Florida State really, Oregon really exposed them last year. They, they really yep. wasn't just that great of a team. But three to four games, he won by himself, just a pure leadership that when he gets on the field, you know that he's going to take take it to the next level. And I just don't see that from uh, – I just don't see that from Kaya. And I'm not saying that he can't be that and um, or that or be that type of player. And I also don't believe – I know we're talking about red shirt and Kaya. You know, there have been a lot of true freshman guys that have come out. But to your point, I think he would have been better red shirt. But I don't think red shirt necessarily except for D tackles and O linemen is necessarily a big deal. I remember running back. I think I, I hate redshirting running backs. I remember one year we redshirted Lamar Miller. He was gone his sophomore redshirt year. You know, running backs, skilled running backs come in as freshmen and can play because if they're any good, if they're really good, they're gone by junior year either, anyway. So I think Willis McGahee was another one that redshirted and left his sophomore redshirt year. Um, I, I, I really think that if we get enough depth, if we recruit well, you know, I think that we it can, you know, supplement each other out. I think we just haven't recruited well to where, as in other positions, where I guess since we don't have enough players, we have to have this guy to play because we don't have anybody else that's better than him. Um, but I'll leave with this, Gary. Just want to know your thoughts on on um, what you feel like is the best fit in, in the search. And I know you're going to say you don't know because you can't give up everything. But if you had to name like three strong – uh, candidates, no pun intended, three big-time candidates in which you feel like with Miami. Uh, just give me that, and I'll uh, just be on hold. Thank well, you. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you guys have made me open my eyes a little bit tonight, and you know, I'm, I've been very predisposed on some of these candidates, and i I, I got to do some more research on Tom Herman. I really do. I, you know, When you look at his resume as an assistant coach, it's pretty darn impressive, and some of the things that he's done as a coordinator are, yes. you know, absolutely startling. I mean, when you look at, at you know, especially like what he did at Rice, uh, the way they were top ten nationally in 2008 in passing offense, scoring offense, and total offense. Yes. They had two receivers yes. that caught more than 1,300 yards and and passes that year. Uh, then he goes to yes. Iowa State. Um, and 
you know, Iowa State is hardly a place where you get great athletes, but uh, he broke a lot of records at Iowa State, and, and they they scored a ton of points there. Then, of course, Urban Meyer took him to Ohio State. He he won the Broyles Award as the nation's top assistant. Then he gets the, the Houston job, and we know what he's doing there this year. Um, that's a guy that's building a pretty good resume for himself. And, you know, I, I think that it's going to be hard for us sitting here tonight to really have a, a firm – opinion on him because there's so many other things that must be considered but i'm going to try to do some homework in the next couple of days uh, about tom herman because I, I think that a guy with that kind of resume could end up being a factor in this search before it's over right right um chip kelly when he was at oregon he just came as offensive coordinator they did they research evaluate found him out the northeast of the united states brought in his innovative offense didn't have like he wasn't at a top program winning, but you evaluate a coach that fit that has a style that is going to be successful, and I think you know he could be successful. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer in in, in this search. Um, to be honest with you, as long well, as the I, guy can well, fit, you, you have gotten burned so many times hiring coaches that didn't have a head coaching experience, and it would take a, a heck of a leap of faith, I, I think, for <laughs> for them to do it again. But you know, maybe I, I, I a guy like uh, maybe a guy like that gets a look. I don't know. You know, you know. You mentioned Chip Kelly, and you know he was at New Hampshire, and right, they, New Hampshire, that's the place. You know, they had a, they had a pretty pretty decent offense when when he was running the offense there, and then then he goes to um, you know where did he go from from New Hampshire? Um, I'm trying to trying to look at his his resume here. He went to to. Uh, uh, well, he went straight from New Hampshire to Oregon, so you know right. we know we know we know how well he did there. So, you know, maybe guys that just have a special talent don't really need to have head coaching experience. But I still will be surprised Miami hires somebody who doesn't, just because they've been burned okay. by it so many times. All right. All right. Good deal. Good deal. All right, man. All right. Thank you, hey, dear. Keep me on hold. For being- Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, we've got about 25 minutes of show left. Still uh, several guys that I want to try to get on here tonight. So let's try to keep our uh, comments as tight as possible. Let's go to the 904. You're live on Team Spirit Live. Here. Yes, sir. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Who's this? I'm at this one from 904. How you doing? Hey, do us a favor. Talk into your phone. Talk to your phone, okay? That speaker's not working very well. Okay, I'm on my phone now. You hear me better now? Yeah, better. Go ahead. Okay, man. Uh, and I, I want I want to tell you, you know, talk to you about about the coach thing a few a few a little bit. Um, there are there are a few coaches that are that we could look at, and Herman is definitely a good candidate. There's there's some coaches like like the guy I said before, man. Uh, uh, Gundy at o- Oklahoma State. And uh, another one is Gideon Patterson at TCU, and I'm going to tell you why before you cut me off. There are certain jobs where there's a ceiling to how much or how how you can get as far as winning. I don't know if Gary Patterson or Gundy can win a championship at TCU and Oklahoma State. they got to deal with, you know, they got to deal with all those schools in the Big 12 every year, and it seems like they always – almost get there, but they don't have that nationally respected brand to where they can get 
the the benefit of the doubt against a Ohio State or Alabama with one loss. If they lose the game, they're done. I think those kind of guys, if they came to Miami, they could get – what they do at those schools, they could get the talent in South Florida, and they could win, and they would maybe get the benefit of that and get to that next level of now I'm playing for a national title and not a Big 12 title. You, you understand what I'm saying now? Because mm-hmm. I feel like they're – they're almost there. They can win nine or ten games every year. But if they go up against the Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, and this whole voting poll top four thing, who's going to get the nod with one loss? It's going to be one of them big schools, ain't it? Yeah, probably, yeah. They're, 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 I think they're at their, their ceiling as far as how much they can win unless they're undefeated. And it's really hard to be undefeated. Normally it's going to be a one-loss team. That's one thing I want to tell you about. Another thing I wanted to tell you was this. I watch our team, and I don't know if anybody else has noticed this. This is the slowest Miami team that I can remember. I mean, I know Golden put a big a big onus on getting the weight room, getting bigger bigger, and these guys look so slow. North Carolina looked faster than us. Am I wrong? They look faster than us. No doubt about it. I agree. They look faster than us. So how is it that we recruit these kids from South Florida that's supposed to have all this speed, and they're they're slower than guys at North Carolina? I think our strength and conditioning program, we have to look at that, overhaul that, if if we're going to do anything. I, I'm not saying I don't like uh, Swasey. I'm just saying that there's a difference in how we looked uh, – in 2001, when we had, or 2002, we had Moffitt before he left, and how we look now. We don't look as fast and as explosive as we do. Moffitt totally agree. Left, Moffitt left Miami and went to LSU. Is there a, is, is this, there's not a, is that not a coincidence that when he got there, the LSU got on the national map as a power? It, it, it kind of coincided. He left, I think there is a coincidence. There, my my yeah. best coach in the country. So, okay, so explain to me why no coaches came in and evaluated and said, evaluated and said, wait a minute, maybe our strength and conditioning program isn't as good as it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be because if I, when I look at LSU, they look like the old Miami teams. They're not a big physical strong team like Alabama, but they're a fast throwing to the ball. You know, they they have explosiveness on their teams. Every year they have guys that have that explosion. And it's not just because they're recruiting those guys. Some of those guys are good players, but they make them uh, they make them better players than they are. Some, some of them. I, I, I do believe that. But we don't have that. And I think we need to overhaul our physical conditioning because we're not explosive as we sh- – we're not as explosive as we should be. We're not. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think and I think a new coach will look to do that. Yeah, yeah, we get pushed around in the trenches too much, man. We 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 getting manhandled. Sonny Adago is huge. Uh, Casey McDermott is huge. How are we getting pushed back in the run game trying to get a yard? I mean, dude, these guys are huge. We and you know another yep. thing I noticed. All right, what else I, you got I tonight? Too long. I want to try to get a bunch of people I, all, all, I'm, I, I, all I'm all I'm going to say to you is. If you look around the country at all these schools, 
all these kids that we missed on are the reason, or one of the main reasons that we're not as good as we should be. Alex Collins. Oh, there's no Calvin doubt. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, Alabama. Um, Cook at Florida State. Uh, the kids at Clemson. Um, Cook would be the best. Cook's the best running back on the team. Calvin Ridley would be the best receiver on the team. No, there's no doubt about it. The, the, the cornerbacks from Clemson, Alexander, all these players that I see all around the country. And I'm like, if these kids had came to Miami, we would still be good. Okay, I'm going to let you go, man. I just want to let you know, man. Um, I, I, I listen to the show. I like the show. I, I, I hear from you. I'll see you next week, man. You got it. Thanks for being part of it. Let's go to the 501. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Alex up in Arkansas, man. What's up, Alex? Talk to us. Hey, man, listen. Um, I was just wanting to call, man, and kind of defend Larry Scott. Um, I just believe, man, that, number one, he's trying to hold it together the best he can. And no when you look over there, when you look over there, man, and what you got is you got the whole reason pretty much on the defensive side why the whole thing collapsed in the first place. And there really ain't nothing you can do about it because he can't he can't get rid of him and change everything over there, man, like we've said many times. So he's just trying to hold it together and get through the year, man, and keep the kids focused as best he can and get them to play hard. Then, too, you got to remember, man, that guy is pretty much auditioning for his next job. So are the other coaches, even though some of them aren't doing a very good job. I'm not really going to try to defend Coach Coley because I think – the things that have held him back is, man, his, his offensive line is horrible. So that limits what you can do if you can't control the line of scrimmage on offense or defense anyway. So we basically have been running kind of a spread look out of a pro system style offense because we spread everybody out and try to run out of it and we spread everybody out and try to throw out of it. That's because we can't rely on anything power, offensively or defensively. Now, uh, the other thing that I wanted to touch on is is the, the total culture change. I know if it was me and if I was down there on the sideline and I'm sitting there watching anybody disrespect the you, I'm going to knock their ass off. I don't care what it is. I don't care who it is. So that's just about a player on the team having pride about the uniform that you got on. You don't just stand there. And not do the coach is not the one to do nothing about it. It's the players that do something about it. Now the coach get in your butt and he tell you you need to get yourself in gear and get out there and get it done. But as if you over there and you a player, you just gonna sit there and take it. That shows that you've given up. That shows that you've laid down and you quit. And I think as soon as we play anybody that gets up on us big, they pretty much know we're not going to be able to make any adjustments or anything to stop them, and it's just over with. Yep. It's the way it's Would been. Would you not agree, Gary? I totally agree. It, it's it's painful to watch. I mean, it's just – Because every time we play somebody, if they jump out on us quick, we already go into that mindset of there's no way we're coming back for one, and we can't stop them, and we're not going to make any adjustments to stop them. You look over there at your coach – they looking at each other like, man, you better call this. Or I don't know what to call. And he looking at a bunch of papers. They got a picture of Ben Franklin. Man, forget Ben Franklin. You go out there and you knock that person's head off. 
You match up and let's go. You play defense. You tackle like it means something to you. You run and you fight for the extra yards. You run and you fight for the ball when it's thrown in the air. You learn that in Little League. So yep. that's what it's about, man. You got to totally change the whole culture. So well, hopefully I'm you got confident we're going to get somebody. Go well, ahead, Gary. I was going to say, hopefully you got three more games of watching what you're watching, and hopefully by next September it'll change, you know. That's all you can hope for right now. That's about all you can do, man. My support, I, I'm I'm going to support any student athlete that puts on the U and plays football because that's my team. It doesn't matter to me if they turn out to be a Hall of Fame football player in the NFL or if they turn out to be a successful person, maybe a doctor. But I do hold the coaches accountable for that. But I'm going to support any kid that puts on the U, but I just want them to understand what it means to go there, what it means to play on their team, what it means to be a part of that legacy. That's what I want. So whoever we hire, I want that person to eat, sleep, and breathe the U. That's what I want. All right, fair enough. You got anything else for us tonight? That's going to do it, bro. I'll see you next week. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, let's go to the 305 now. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, twice. Sorry, man, you have to call back. Let's go to the 786. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, Gary, this is Street Cred. I haven't talked to you in about four months. I guess you saved the best for last. All right, man. Welcome back. Gary, I'm going to shoot real quick. Gary, before I start, I got to tell you, man, do not shoot the messenger. Please don't shoot the messenger. D-Black, Philly, you, uh, Kane Kane, all of my fellow Kane fans out there, guys, do not shoot the messenger. Gary, have you ever ever asked yourself what, what was the real reason that Pete and Mario parted ways the way they did? Have you ever have you ever dug into that and figured out why Pete let him go like that? I mean, just chopped him and let him go. Yeah, I I I think they weren't even speaking to each other. I think you know Pete was his but boss, this, and their relationship right? had gone totally in the garbage can, and they weren't but speaking why? to each. But 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 why? I think why? it was a, a lot of. I think there were a lot of a lot of there was a lot of ego involved. I think Pete was trying to take a lot of credit for what was going on in football, and I think that rubbed the football people the wrong way who felt like, you know, that they didn't uh, Gary, need to that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't sound All right, like why, that. Instead of asking me, why don't you go ahead and say why you think Because, that. well, well, this is not what I think. This is what, like I said, before I, before I say this, you know, I just want you to understand, I've been a subscriber of yours for about four years now, and don't shoot the messenger. But here's what was told to me. There were three kids playing at FIU under crystal ball, right? One of the kids was a quarterback. Um, well, he wanted to be a quarterback. This was the year before Mario was fired. Um, the kid wanted to play quarterback. Mario supposedly told the kid, you know, I don't really want a black quarterback. Do not shoot the messenger. This oh, come on. Some, no, no, I'm, no, no. You're not taking this there. No, no. Bro, Gary, no, 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 no. You're not Gary, turning this I'm, into a racial I, I, I thing. Listen, this, I'm going to give you a chance to stop right now. You're not turning this into a racial thing that you have no clue what you're Gary, talking about. Gary, it's not. Okay. Gary, this, uh, not, this is not a racial thing. This is not a racial bro, thing at there all. There is no way this you brought, can sit here and make an argument that. Gary, I'm not. Gary, you're not. Gary, I'm not saying this is true. I'm telling you what was told to me. No, it's not true. 
How do you Come know it's not true, Gary? That whole team was made up of African American players. Gary, that Gary, 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 Gary. Let me say this, Gary. Let's just change topics real quick. Let, let, let me say yeah. this because I knew yeah, you were going to do something. this. You that's why. That's else? why. You have anything yeah, else, I sir? Come on, man. We're not getting now into race. You don't, we don't do race. Hey, we Gary. don't do race game sport. Just so you understand, Gary. We do not Gary. do race game sport. We're Gary. all the same color. Gary. We don't get into I, that stuff. I'm the same, Gary. I'm the same person that told you before Mike the job. Before Mike quit, I posted on your blog. Before Mike quit, Barrel quit. I told you what he said about the Narfio and, and Golden and that whole deal. I told you that he told that uh, 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 um, the DB coach told the kids in Miami that Philly kids were tougher. Now that story just came out about two weeks ago. I seen it somewhere. Uh, I think it was on Eye on the U or something like that. I, I'm the one that told you that because, I listen, Gary, in this community right here in Miami, in Broward County, all I do is eat, drink, and sleep football. I love to help kids out from peewee leagues all the way to, to, to high school. I go as far back as Edger and James and helping those kids out when they, when they were at the University of Miami. You ain't talking to some bump on the log that just wants to start a conversation piece. I'm telling you what kids told a lot of people in the community. I don't know why it hasn't gotten any attention. I'll just hang up because I know you don't want to hear it. All right, man. Hey, give us a call some other time with something that's not racially related. Appreciate it. We, we, you know, There's no reason for us to go there. Let's go to the 240. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? All right, you got to call back. All right, let's go to the 202. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? This is uh, Deuce from D.C. Hey, what's up, Deuce? What you got? Uh, I'm going to shoot quick, man. Um, couple of, couple of calls back, the guy was talking about Dabo. Uh, Dabo was a wide receiver coach at Clemson. Uh, he took over when uh, Tommy Bowden resigned. Uh, you also have uh, Charlie Strong, who is the coordinator, Sean Watson. He is the quarterback that's basically uh, responsible for developing Teddy Bridgewater. So he took him to Texas thinking that he could do the same thing. Unfortunately, it didn't work out because they don't have a quarterback. They just have an athlete down yep. in Texas. You know, it's, it's no one that can really sit back and, you know, go to progressions and, you know, uh, you know knows where to go with the football. They, he, he's yeah, – that's his biggest thing. But it concerns me because his defense is giving up points like Al Golden. That's what's scary. And that's what Yeah, but known. you know what? But let's be honest. Charlie Strong has a long track record of being an expert defensive coach and excellent defensive coordinator. So if his defenses at Texas are getting shredded, I think it's pretty safe to say that they don't have much there, which I don't think they do. And but, I, you know, I don't I don't think it's fair to judge Charlie on that. You know, well, that, well, well you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a strong believer in offense and the defense are tied together. I don't care how good you are as a defense. If your offense can't do anything, you're not going to look nearly as good as you as you possibly can. You know what I mean? So, I, but I'm just saying, you know how we talk. I talked to you last week, and that's just one thing that scares me about him. The offensive part, you know, everybody's scared of, but the defense is like, oh man, you know, he this is what he does. He always fielded pretty good defenses, especially at Florida and um, Louisville. And um, my next my next topic, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, I'm I'm surprised no one comes out and just says it, but uh. Donna Shalala single-handedly is responsible for everything that's going on with this program, period. And then it comes out the story about how she micromanaged everything. And I, just look at before and after. It's clear as day. The direction that she wanted to go in, she wanted to make it more about everything else, not understanding that as long as we're in these BCS games, all these buildings and all these things that you want to do, 
all of these things are more than attainable, and and you could have added, you could have doubled that, but she chose to go into a whole other direction, and then she, you know, her hand is in everything. Think about this, like you wrote in your story. If she let Golden go when he was supposed to go, we're not sitting in this situation right now. You don't waste it. A year of these kids' lives, you didn't even give the seniors a chance, you know, and it was all based on how she felt or what she wanted to do. That's basically what she did to the university. It was, it was about her. It wasn't yeah, about Yeah, it's really, it's really criminal because everybody her. knew that it, it had a change. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And and Blake knew it too. But Blake, as long as Shalala was there, Blake was, you know, people people say what they want to say about him and and. and it may be true, but at the end of the day, as long as she was there, he, he didn't have a chance. It, it, it was no point in him showing up to work because her hand is it was in everything, and no one comes down and says it. And it's amazing because the reason why we can't hire Tom Herman, or, or not can't, but we may not, is because of her. Because she personally had a hand in botching all of these hires since she's, since she's got here. And at the end of the day, it all ties back to her. So we can't even chance on the guy like Florida took with, with Urban. Even though he had four years, they were still taking a chance because they the University of Florida, and they just had Ron's up. You got to look at the position they were in, too. And I, I'm, I'm just appalled that no no one said anything. Everybody just lets her off the hook. And she is the – come on, man. You, you, you really fire Randy Shannon and hire Al Golden. You really do that? And And, and I was trying to be optimistic. But the first game, you saw what you needed to see against Maryland. Everybody everybody remembers that bubble screen night. You know what I mean? And then my last thing I wanted to say was the defense. The defense is not built to dominate. The defense is built to contain. The defense is, is built to make it, – it's, it's supposed to look like an umbrella. That's essentially what it's supposed to look like. Keep everything in front of you. We're going to stretch out wide. But we want to keep everything in front of us. But what happens is everybody with a good offense stretches us out and then it's, it's nothing but creases because you have to have big, physical, grown men like you have in the NFL running their defense. It's not built for kids. It's not built for, for, for a, you know, a, a zero technique or a five technique that, that can't, you know, cause a stalemate with the, with, the, with the guard or center, I mean, the tackle or center head up. It's, it's not built for that. And he, he, he knew that after the first year. He decided not to scrap it, which is crazy. He can't, he can't honestly, honestly, he can't want to be a coach anymore in life. Because the things that he did on this job were were absolutely shocking. Like I don't understand how any coach in the right man right mind will make some of the decisions and choices, you know, that, that he made, you know, and, and really take coaching serious. Like it's it's crazy. And um at the end of the day, I'm gonna leave you with this. The coach that that we get, um I'm I'm not necessarily optimistic. I will say the one thing I'm optimistic about is Don is not around anymore. But as long as <laughs> As long as the coach can coach defense and is not afraid to make changes when stuff isn't working, you know, that's a start. You know, I'm 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 butchering Herman, but you know, whoever they get, hopefully he can, you know, coach defense and, you know, we can actually game plan and adjust and do things of that nature. So, you know, just just uh, you know, have a good night, man. Uh leave me on hold if you're gonna take more callers. You got it. Let's go to the uh two five six. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Well, what's going on, Garrett? How much is this? Well, this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? Talk to us. Go quick. Oh, uh, man, I just joined the show uh, kind of late, so I don't, I don't really know what all y'all touched on earlier. But uh, I just wanted to see what do you what do you think about 
if David Shaw got the job, the guy from Stanford. Just the, why would he leave Stanford to come to Miami? Stanford is Miami on the West Coast. I don't see that happening. I mean, he getting paid. What do you think he's ranked? I think he's like the seventh, 70th highest, highest paid coach. I mean, Al Golden was getting paid more than him, and he ain't he's the, he, nowhere well, close he's, to the thing. I mean, you're did. right about that. He's the 47th highest paid coach at $2.2 million a year. I mean, I'm, so, I'm just saying, uh, maybe, money maybe talks. So, I mean, if, if you pay right. him. You're right. I mean, he's the kind of guy that might, you know, maybe he pops on there, but, you know, I don't know. I think if he does, it'll be more more to get a raise out of Stanford because he is underpaid. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I, I just really like the like the offense and everything like he runs over there. I mean, I just I just think it'll fit real good at Miami with that, that the way they run the football, a lot of eye formation, but they also spread it out. So a lot of people in in my group when I've said something about Shaw, they're like, oh, he he just runs the ball constantly. But no, that's not that's not really the case. You know what I mean? He mixes mixes it up quite well, but I mean. I don't know. That's just my opinion on that. But uh, that's pretty much all I got, man. Unless you, uh, like I said, I joined the show pretty late. Uh, I mean, is there anybody that's is there a top five? No, nah, not the really. Final I mean, coaching there's, there's race. There's guys we've kicked around during the course of the show, and we'll have the podcast up in about twenty minutes or so. And you you can go back and uh, and check that out. All right then, Gary. Yep. Man, I hope we yep. beat Georgia Tech this weekend. Man, you have a good, good weekend, man. Good rest Thanks. of the week. Thanks for calling in. All right, All right let's go to the two five one. We're now live on live. Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. Hey, Gary. This is Brian, man. I'm a first time caller. I'm actually at work here. Yeah, I drive trucks over the road, but I live in Mobile. Um, I was listening to D uh, Black earlier, man. I think he gave some good references. But I also was looking to listen to one of your callers who said something about championship pedigree. Gary, I watched Alabama play every week. Every week. Every week. That is a factory, but it's also a machine. Alabama, those coaches down there got those guys up so hard for this LSU game, and they shit Leonard Barnett down. I watched them play last week. And they went up against the number one quarterback in the conference in Prescott and shut them down. That was done because of that defense. Now, I've been hearing a few weeks, you know, I've been hearing over the last few weeks about Georgia maybe, maybe coming over. And I'm hearing all these stuff about coaches. And I think D. Black said it, said it the best. I, I feel like him. I don't give a damn about a, 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 about a, Flash higher, or this coach need to come in. We need to get a good, strong, disciplined coach. I remember when Jimmy Johnson got there, it was all about discipline. But he also told those guys, go out there, play hard, play physical, play fast, and lead on them and don't let up. And that's what Alabama do. When they get on top of you, they smother you. They make you hate it. When they're playing, while that game is going on, you're going to hate the fact that you're playing Alabama. And it's a great, I think it's a great program, and they got a guy sitting there in it that wants to bring the entire thing down the Coral Gables, 
And I don't know if you've been on the message boards much lately, but there's a lot of people disrespecting him. And I don't I don't think Mario Kart is going to get the job. I, you know, but, uh, you know, he has the Alabama blueprint ready to come to Miami. That's right. So people keep knocking here with being an opponent. I think I, somehow, some way, you got to try to get that guy back to the program. You're right. But I'm going to go for us to say this, Gary. I heard a guy say earlier about Pete Carroll. It's noise in Seattle that he may want to leave Seattle after this year. The general manager is having some problems. So I would give Pete Carroll a call, but I'm going to go for us to say this. Everybody, what about Kirby Smart? He knows how that program is supposed to run because of all the years he's been under Nick Saban. I believe it's time for him to get away. And if you're going to, my, just my opinion, if, if, like the guy said earlier, championship pedigree, if I'm going to invest in a coach that I know that knows how to win, how to take the team to a championship, and know what it's going to take, and I know that's not going to take no BS, why not go after a coach like Kirby Smart? If you can get him in here and not have to pay him that much money, you know he's going to invest in that coaching staff. You know he's going to invest in the program. And not only that, you are going to get five years out of him. But just from what I heard, he may not want to come because I believe he's sitting back now probably waiting, hey, Georgia may open up, and it's already out. They want him bad. They want Kirby Smart because he's, because he's played there. But if it was me, I'm like D. Black. You got to jump outside of what you're used to, and you go get you a damn good coach. Alabama had to do the same thing. They got tired of looking at all these guys that used to coach under Bear Bryant and did this. They jumped out and went and go got Nick Saban. So when you think about it, the factory that Alabama has down there, okay, if you get Mario, let's pray and hope he brings that same that same mentality to Miami. But if it was me, I would have to probably go after somebody that I know that's been sewing to the hip of Nick Saban, and that would be Kirby Smart. Or either go after Pete Carroll, and I watched those two coaches, Memphis and Houston. I think they got a really pretty good thing going on over there. But I think, just like D. Black said, that next coach got to come in there and put his foot down and let these guys know the BS is over. It is time to start winning games and winning championships, and this is how we're going to do it. Thank you, Amen. Gary. You're putting back on hold. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, last call of the night. Let's go out to the 678. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, right, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This guy is Junkie. What's up, hey, Junkie? This is what my thing is, man. We, we, we quit to give everybody credit except our people. We keep we keep crying Pete Carroll is a this and he's that. He ain't nothing compared to Bush Davis. He what one title? Oh come on! No, no, come on, come on Listen, come on. wait, wait, wait. Pete wait. Carroll, let me finish. Pete let me finish. Successful. Let me finish, Gary. Yeah, but don't say. I mean, Butch is they're both successful Look, in their own right. Listen, but listen, yeah, come on. Listen, listen, Gary. We talking about we not talking about okay because Pete Carroll was on the team in New England. They didn't win. You know, you, you show up and you second, you're just the first person to lose. Okay, then he goes to uh, to USC. He won the one title. Butch left three. Uh, he got dropped from the game against Oklahoma. He would have beat the dog shit out of Oklahoma. Then 
Florida State go, then Snoop got suspended. He couldn't play. So they end up winning that. Bob Stoops get that lucky championship that we keep talking about. Oh, he a sexy hire. And then we go to Pete Carroll, and we want to say Bush lied. Oh, he did this with UNC. Well, they took Reggie Bush Heisman away, and guess who was the coach? Um, okay. Then they got hit with real sanctions. Guess who was the coach? Well, we keep saying he'll splash higher, but we keep talking about Bush Davis, <laughs> and all he did was say, look, hey, I'm going to stay in college, but I'm going to go to the NFL like Steve Spurrier did, like Pete Carroll did, like every coach, like Urban Meyer, oh, my health is bad. But we keep saying he'll sexy higher, oh, my health is bad. Then the, the soon as the, the, the sweater gets fired, who the coach? This is my this is my point, man. We keep praising and worshiping all these other people, but they can't hold us. They can't hold nothing to Bush Davis. I mean, I went so far to even say Jimmy Johnson is second to to Bush Davis, and the reason I said that is, uh, of course, he was on the staff, but Bush had to go through sanctions, and he still put more in the NFL than Jimmy. Now, I think I know, if Bush man, had a gotta, clean slate, you, like you know. You have to acknowledge what a couple Bush, things. What if Bush Davis he, he, had a he, I mean, like I, and, I, and I'm a Butch. I'm a Butch guy. I, I you know, I've worked with. Butch, I mean, Butch is great. Okay, but you you have to acknowledge the mistakes he's made. You have to acknowledge the fact that he has rubbed some people wrong. And the, if Gary, the university doesn't want to hire him, there's not going to be anything anybody can do about it. You know, right, but we keep talking about we keep naming all these other people who ain't nothing compared to this man. Like I we understand, keep, we're talking about Tom Herman. We're we talking, talking about gambling about on Tom Herman. I know Tom Herman should be. Man, you know, yeah, is, I know. This is I insane know. to call his name when Bush Davis is a candidate. I, I get to call it. I know Tom Herman next to Bush Davis because he's even Charlie Strong or anybody anybody that's going to get this job. I understand. I know exactly. Yeah. I agree with you. But but you know my if thing a, is. If it's a sexy hire, if it's a home run hire, it's only one person we need to say. Stop saying Ferente, whatever his name is. Stop saying Tom Herman, Urban Meyer, Nick Saban. Bush Davis, is he trumped all of them, Carol and all of them, uh, John Gruden and all of them, because he's shown that he's done more in college than these guys by just looking at the people he produced, the people he recruited, the people he developed, and the people he sent in the first round. And the fact Lawrence that he managed his career is is is, is a shame Cause, because he took you know, a he... shot. He took a shot with the NFL. You know, he had to chase that pipe dream that most coaches chase and they don't succeed. I mean, Pete Carroll may be the only one outside of like Jimmy Johnson to chase that dream and actually be successful. But yep. you know, that's two coaches out of however many. You know. But my thing is, we need to, like, if we're going to talk sexy home run higher, it's only one name, and that's Bush. And then my second point is. I can't like, find anybody uh, else. I'm trying hard, man. I got to do I gotta do some research on this Herman guy. But, I mean, most of these other guys are good. You know, there's some good coaches out there. But I, I don't know who this supposed splash hire that the University of Miami what? is opening up the bank vault for is going to be. I mean, not even Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly can't even hold that in the Bush. I know he was yeah. at Oregon. Blase, blase! You got a billion dollars. If Bush Davis has a billion, all right, man. I think we, I think we lost you. All right, guys. Great show tonight. Uh, lots of good calls. Hope you guys had a good time. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday night. We'll see where they are in the coaching search. Then we'll see what happens when the Canes play Georgia Tech this weekend. Um, watching this defense try to defend the option all year. 
I know, you know, with all respects to what Larry Scott said at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, it, it, I think it figures to be pretty pretty tough out there on Saturday. We'll 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 see what happens. See if the Canes can show up and and be invested in playing, you know, a rock solid game on Senior Day. I hope a few fans show up. So uh, thanks again, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you again next week. Thank <laughs> you.